0: Tommy Papa. Joey. What's going on, buddy? You looking at that um, tarantula hawk? Yeah. The size of that sucker, huh? I know.
1: I found one of those in my tub once.
0: That's straight from Maynard's Farm. Maynard from uh, Tool. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he sent me that. Oh, wow. He found that fucking thing. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. He was explaining it to me, and then he sent me one. Because he's... It's how he rolls that's
2: how
3: he rolls <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the coolest you brought bread
0: you know i'm on this all meat
1: diet you i know to bring bread but you mom. have a family oh you have a family no, I, I, I'll, I'll deviate a little bit i'll deviate you might want to take a look at it later i deviated over lengthy. this weekend you i did? went to
0: yeah i went to disneyland and uh i had ice cream oh, and boy. then and then friday night or saturday night Saturday night I had pasta. I had uh, all kinds. I had Girl Scout cookies. I had a bunch of Girl Scout cookies. And dude, I'm telling you, Sunday, my back was hurting. Really? Monday, my back was hurting. Everything was like my knee was hurting. All all this like inflammation. It's crazy.
1: puffy. Yeah.
0: One day back, two days, because today's Tuesday. So I ate carnivore Monday and Tuesday. Everything's normal yet.
1: Really? No more more aches and pains. So you were full on meat for For a whole month. A whole month. But which... How many meals a day? Two usually. Two? Yeah. Usually just... a
0: small meal around noon after I mm-hmm. work out and then dinner.
1: All right. And the... no eggs? No? Yeah, I would eat eggs, eggs and fish. Eggs, Eggs fish, fish, meat, meat,
0: just no no vegetables at all. No, no fruits. All. No, no
1: bread, no, of course.
0: No. I had an olive. No, two olives <laughs> and uh, two pieces of chili mango the entire month. Two glorious olives. But the pieces of chili mango, I legitimately felt guilty. I love chili mango.
1: <laughs> I've you? never had chili oh mango. Oh my god!
0: Really? No. It's one of the greatest creations. What is it? Um, it's like a chili pepper ch- mango. Like dried mangoes, but with chili powder. Oh. All of them. It's uh, it's Mexican. Ooh. Big big hit in the Mexican community. Dried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so
1: good, dude. <laughs> so good. Because it's got
0: the sweetness from the dried mangoes. Yeah. But then it's got the spiciness from the chili powder. Oh. Ooh. That's
1: right up my alley. It's <laughs>
0: so good. But I ate two pieces. I was only going to eat one. I was like, fuck it. Let me have another one. And I <laughs> and ate that f- second one. I'm like, oh, no. What have I done?
1: Why did you decide to do it in the first place?
0: The, the diet?
1: Yeah. Well,
0: because well, January is World Carnivore Month. And I know quite a few people that have done it mm-hmm. that have had some serious results. And um, uh, serious results with autoimmune issues, too. When yeah. I, I have vitiligo, which is an autoimmune disease. It causes you to have these uh, patches where you don't have pigment. Oh, really? And this month, I had the best results that I've ever had with vitiligo. Like It's spots filling in.
1: it's It comes and goes.
0: It comes and goes, depending upon how well I'm taking care of myself, mm-hmm. um, treatments and stuff like that. But this this month, it's uh, I've had all these spots fill in at like a pretty rapid rate. Really? People with eczema Jeez. have had spectacular results with it.
1: Now, what if you were to suggest to someone who wouldn't eat just meat, what percentage meat, do you, after going through this, do you think you I, would?
0: I think the problem is not... Plants, as much as the problem really is refined sugar, carbohydrates, and bullshit. That's right. what I think. I think that's the problem. Does cheese count in that? You can eat cheese. You, know? can, eat you cheese. can eat cheese. You can eat cheese. Really? It's an animal product, yeah. Oh. I think for most people, the real problem is junk.
2: Yeah. You know? mm. candy,
0: sugar, yeah. pasta. Bread. Glorious, glorious bread. Even you know? that bread? That bread's probably better because it has less gluten because you make sourdough bread. Yeah. It's um Just flour, water, salt, and yeast. It's healthier for you,
1: but I but think... Still-
0: I think bread in general, mm-hmm. just the, the idea of bread is uh, it's a human created product, right? True. You got all that concentrated carbohydrates in a very weird form. Mm-hmm. It's like glue. I mean, yeah. look look what what it is when you're making the dough. Total glue.
1: That eventually <laughs> ke- yeah. becomes glue in your stomach. I've actually thought that before. Like, the, did they like put together cities with this stuff when they were starting <laughs> out? Because it's so, if it like dries for a day, it's hard yeah. to get off the counter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you
0: remember when you were a kid, you'd make paste. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. It was basically, flour and water, and you'd make like a paste.
1: I just paste posted. Uh, I just posted videos on how to bake the bread because oh. everyone's constantly asking for it. So I put a. A new series on YouTube called Getting Baked with Tom. <laughs> and it's just me in my kitchen showing uh, you how to make bread. And I realized when I was making it, like, this is a long process. I have, like, four videos getting through one loaf of bread over multiple days.
0: <laughs> Do you, are you still doing the TV show? You were doing a TV show for a while.
1: Yeah, and we're not. What was uh, That was called Baked on yeah. the Food Network. How'd that go? It went great. People really liked it, but we're not making any more. I don't know why. So then I was like, well, why do I need the Food Network? I could just don't. keep making it and put it on YouTube. It's
0: so much better to put it on YouTube because yeah. people can access it anytime they want. Right. This You're- archaic system of waiting for Tuesday night at
1: 8 o'clock for a show. <laughs> it's like, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's what suddenly occurred to me. Like, wait, I've got cameras. There you I've look at you. I've got friends. You fucking oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: there I am.
0: Look at you. Yeah. Have you... Uh, um, <laughs> have, have you varied your process at all since you first started doing this? Have you
1: added it yeah, in? Yeah. 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 Well, you get better at it. It's mm-hmm. just, a, you know, it's a, it's a skill. It's a thing. Sure. You start to, it sounds corny, but you become one with it. Like yeah. I know the weights of things just by holding it. And I know the timing of things and I know mm. the temperature, what that's going to do. And it just, mm. it's very immersive. So yeah, I started, uh. I started branching out and then also started making bagels and pretzels and stuff like that. Bagels.
0: So. Now, don't you have to boil bagels?
1: You do. Yeah. So I just take a, like a, um, like a Dutch oven just with water in it and mm-hmm. boil it up and uh, um, baking soda and let that kind of uh, bubble up. A but
0: you use bit. a different kind of flour for the bagels?
1: Uh, no, same flour. Really, same flour. Sourdough flour. Yeah, sourdough, sourdough bagels. Yeah, sour. That's the key. Like, I have, there's so many bad bagels in L.A., and you know, people always talk. Oh, it's the water. It's this and that. And, and you know, I met I met this Vito's Pizza is a guy from Jersey here in L.A. that makes great pizza. And I'm like, so what is it? The water with the dough? He's like, it's just not. You know, it's just knowing what you're doing. He says, Mm. (laughs) and I keep running into these bad bagels, and I realized the flavor that's coming out of the bagels I'm making is because of the sourdough starter.
2: Mm. It has
1: this different flavor. It's a deeper flavor. It's not just to use that as the yeast. It's to actually— make it taste better.
0: Is it true that the water is different on the East Coast
1: and that is it a more mineral-rich water? That's what everybody says. Wouldn't
0: that just be pretty easy to add those elements to water from the West Coast?
1: You would think. And some people say that they, like, import the water.
0: Maybe that's why people are less flavorful over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: they're not filled with all the...
0: You know, I mean, flavorful like Joey Diaz, like Mad Flavor. He's, yeah, yeah, new
1: thing. <laughs> right. Like that,
0: he's got flavor. You yeah, know what I'm saying he's got like he's charisma. Got, yeah, the thing
1: yeah. that you don't you don't get a lot of that out here. <laughs> no, you don't. It's yeah, it's a, it's different. It's it's a, different. It's a chill. Well even the people
0: that do have flavor out here, it's like they take their their flavor goes up to seven. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If you come from you're right,
1: you come from Jersey and you got rusty pipes, you got rats (laughs) swimming in it. (laughs) All generations of stuff in there. There's yeah, it's gonna add to it for sure.
0: Yeah. There's something the water does (laughs) taste different though. Like it does. My, yeah. Like my manager, Jeff, he loves New York City tap water. He's always like stolen mm-hmm. the virtues of New York City tap water. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. bro, you're crazy. I'm not drinking that. <laughs> yeah. Just any day now, a hundred people could uh, die from that shit.
1: <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's one of those things. Everybody's so proud about it though. And I am too. When we go back with my family like around Christmas, we were just there and uh we, we, I'm like, you just drink from the tap. And oh. my kids took a sip of it and she's like, it tastes like carrots. <laughs> <laughs> she was right she was really right <laughs> it tastes like carrots uh, yeah it had that kind of like iron carroty. yeah
0: there's stuff flavor. in there you're not supposed to
1: drink no, probably a lot of stuff but or maybe
0: you are supposed to
1: drink it right well yeah maybe maybe like minerals less anemic maybe if well you...
0: minerals taste bad but they're yeah. good for you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like hard water. When you get hard water, isn't that minerals?
1: That's minerals. Right. Right. And yeah. it's great to shower. And so- you ever showered in soft water and the soap just never comes off? That's true. After hours right? of sitting? Why is that? I don't know. But in my parents' townhouse, you take a shower, you're, you're going to have soap on you the rest of the day. So did
0: they have a filtration system? Is that what it is?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. must be. Right. It must be something that takes the... Yeah. Minerals out.
0: So when you get like that residue on your <laughs> shower head, that white residue, yeah, that's hard water. That's right? sperm. Huh? <laughs> yeah, what? Fun fact. Oh, no. <laughs> I am so busted. <laughs> You're That's one thing I've done maybe like three uh, times my whole life is jerk off in the shower. <laughs> three times? Yeah, it's like never been my thing. I've only, I, I think I've probably done it just to say, well, here's some place I've never jerked off. <laughs>
1: I can't go through the world yeah, with I a place here? that hasn't been violated. I've never jerked off yeah. in the tub, i tell you that. Never. It's just
0: too hot in there. Yeah. It's just too confusing and frustrating. Well, you got to let the water down a little. <laughs> then you're just like, then you're being a weirdo. That's like those guys who lay in bed to masturbate. They bring a box of tissues uh, and a towel. They the set up the fuck like they're going here? on a
1: date. You're a pervert.
0: What's yeah. wrong with you? Right, exactly. Jerking off is supposed to be a maintenance thing. Like, That's Like, you just need it. Yeah. Like, let me just take care of this so I'm not a obsessed <laughs> right let me get a cup of coffee let me do that
1: me <laughs> get to the goddamn office <laughs> yeah jesus christ
0: yeah. people that don't yeah. masturbate at all they've they, they, that's got to occupy too much real estate in your head like there's no doubt about it right
1: you, well i don't know you could argue that the people that do it all the time well, there's that, <laughs> a lot of real estate that. well right? it
0: becomes i think porn in particular mm-hmm. is, is a real issue for people it does become oh, an obsession
1: yes you know? indeed i remember a buddy of mine was like really into it in the early internet and he started looking at the world through a porn lens it was every every girl was oh, no. to be approached like somebody in a yeah it messed oh, with his head oh that's not good you anything you watch for that amount of time right is going to affect you
0: I've often thought that about violence because I've seen so many people get beat up Mm -hmm. like I'm so comfortable with people getting beat up right like fights like if I see a fight somewhere like a fight breaks out yeah my heart rate doesn't jack up it doesn't it doesn't go. Oh my God, this is crazy! I can't believe they're fighting. Right. It's like, hmm. Look at that bad technique. Dro- uh-huh. Dropping his hands. Look at this dude. Oh my God, his left leg's off the ground.
1: There's no what he's doing. <laughs> this is out in the world. Like <laughs> yes. it's just seeing two guys go <laughs> at it. I see
0: two guys go at it. I'm like, look at this terrible yeah. technique.
1: And, and I'm running to see the See everything car. coming a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I, th- I see society becoming unhinged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get see, me out of here. It becomes normal.
0: I think. Yeah. No, violence becomes normalized. Like. You know, I've been uh, reading a lot about Native American cultures lately. I've gone through like five books on uh, the Wild West oh, over wow. the last few months, and uh, one of the more disturbing and shocking things is the torture. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Native Americans would torture their victims, like in, oh yeah, particularly the Comanches. The Those were the, were the
1: badasses, right? They
0: were the badasses. Yeah. They were the reason. Until they developed a repeating, uh, a, a multiple-shot revolver mm-hmm. that ca- carried a, a chamber that had more than one bullet, they were running shit because everybody else had muskets. Uh-huh. And they could shoot multiple arrows. You know, they could... They would there's a have you ever heard of there's a guy named Lars Anderson do you know who he is yeah I've
1: heard. he's of a
0: him. famous uh, YouTube famous uh, archery
3: expert uh-huh.
0: and he uh, going through old texts and old artistic depictions realized that the idea of a back quiver where you would reach back to grab an arrow and then put it on the string and then pull it back and shoot the arrow right. is not accurate that what they actually would do is put the arrows in between their fingers uh-huh. and they developed a technique where they would draw and pull and draw and pull and draw and just pull. release one at a time. Yes, and they would go from finger to finger, so they oh. literally could shoot an arrow a second. Wow! And so this guy, he actually shows how he can do it, not just in theory. Yeah. See how they're all they're holding. In some of the depictions, you see that they're holding multiple arrows in their hands, right? Instead of in a quiver. And so he figured out how to do it, it where he can shoot multiple arrows in a second. And uh, see if we can get to him. Jeez. So, like, see, he's doing that. That's him pulling arrows
1: out. And this is what the Comanche did?
0: Yes. And the Comanches were able to do that. And when they were able to do that, they were able to... Shoot the uh, American settlers and the, the U.S Army soldiers, and went multiple there. times before they could get off another bullet because they had a pack of chamber. See how he's shooting oh, yeah, all those arrows. Because he keeps all the arrows in his fingers. Oh, yeah. So he tucks them in his finger, and then he just grabs it with the other hand, draws it back. So they were actually winning the war for Exactly, for while. hundreds of years. Hundreds of For years. hundreds of years. And it was so crazy. What they would do is the U.S. government would give people allotments of land saying, hey, Oklahoma's a beautiful place. Why don't you guys move there? And you, well, you can get a 1,000 acres of land. Like, whoa, golly, I'm going to take my family and move to Oklahoma. And what they were basically using them was cannon fodder for the Comanches. So they would send these people in. They would just get <laughs> slaughtered. Why would yeah, they? because they wanted to try to figure out how to settle this land, right. and they wanted these people to kind of fight the battles with the Comanches, and then the soldiers eventually would move in, and then they, they set up forts.
1: So they were just put out as bait? Yes, they were put
0: out. I mean, it's, it's horrific. Whether it's Jeez. conscious or unconscious, or whether it was you know, semi-aware, or well, you know, when they, maybe these people could fix it. Yeah, But what, they d- definitely did get slaughtered.
1: What part of the country were the Comanches? Oklahoma,
0: that- Texas, a lot of sections of the West.
2: Okay.
1: They,
0: they ran things. Yeah. And they were cousins? Com- yeah. There was they were incredibly nomadic. They rode horses. They were fantastic with horses. Um, they they had the most horses, which right. is one of the reasons why they were the most powerful tribe. And mm. they all they ate was meat. They would eat Buffalo, both right. mostly, and you know, occasionally berries and stuff like that. But mostly, their diet consisted of buffalo. So they would ah. follow the buffalo, and then kill all the other Native Americans they encountered. Oh, really? Kill all the settlers they encountered. Oh, they were ruthless. Jeez. Yeah.
1: So the but other the Native torture. Americans.
0: The torture is insane. Eey. Cutting people's arms and legs off and throwing them on a fire while they're still alive. Shit like that.
1: Jeez, so they enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this uh, book that I read, um, Empire of the Summer Moon, is all about the Comanches. This guy S.G. Gwynn was in here, and he kind of explained how he found out about it when he moved to Texas. And he moved to Texas and started delving into the history of the Comanches and the war that the Texas Rangers— The Texas Rangers, the original Texas Rangers, were created to combat the Comanches. They were these super badass soldiers that dressed like Indians— and, then, and they they realized they had to learn how to fight on horses because the Comanches actually shot arrows on horses, whereas the original U.S. soldiers would get off the horse to shoot a shot, and right. it just was and the, ineffective. Right, and the Comanches would run up on them and fill them up with arrows. And <laughs> kill, kill everybody. It was crazy. They would kidnap yeah. all these white settlers and take their babies and take their ch- kill their babies, right. take their children, incorporate their children into the tribes, rape the women, torture and kill
1: the men. Wow! But they were nomadic. They didn't. Yeah. They, so they didn't settle, create little nope. towns. Only they tents. were just always moving around.
0: Only tents, and they followed the buffalo. Wow!
1: Oh, yeah. So just like seasons, they would stay in an area for a little they bit. They just and follow move the on. buffalo wherever right. the buffalo were. That's where they would go. Jeez.
0: Yeah, but the the thing about it is, it's, to me, so strange that cultures can become comfortable with extreme violence. Like, very comfortable.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, anything that be, yeah, you're just exposed to all the time. You know, we're yeah. a pretty violent society, right? We see a lot of violent images all the time.
0: We see it. But in terms of, like, day-to-day violence, no. compared to just a couple of hundred years ago, it's no, a pretty you, radical drop-off.
1: Yeah, you'd have to choose to digest it now.
0: Yeah, you'd have to choose. But a yeah. lot of people do choose.
1: Yeah, you know? but also you can put yourself in a little bubble and feel oh, like yeah. it doesn't really exist.
0: Or you can get into a murder bubble, just like some people get into a porn bubble. Right. You could just get into, like, watching people get slaughtered all yeah. day long. right, There's exactly. plenty of videos.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm going to watch other things. Yeah. Bread. <laughs> my my Netflix special
0: <laughs> oh that's that it comes out tonight right at midnight is that what it
1: is uh, last midnight oh tonight. last night it's so up. it's out right it's now it's out it's out oh my Jesus it's done it's out the are you happy who... with it I am happy with it how many years did
0: you work on it two and a half that's a good number yeah close to three yeah that's a good number yeah that seems like to polish an act get it tight tour with it a little bit and then almost get to the point where you're done with it
1: yeah almost sick of it yeah where something started—that's how I can tell when jokes start to peel off, because mm-hmm. you're not uh, you're done with them. Yeah. yeah, and then other ones. Do you ever do you ever have when you get close to taping, all of a sudden something new pops in and makes the lineup? Oh yeah. Last minute. Oh of course. You know what yeah, I mean? Of
0: course. Yeah. Other
1: stuff you've been working on and really trying to perfect it for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden something shows up like the last week. That's a killer. Yeah. I think it's just you're in that space. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I shot it in Newark. Newark? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why Newark? I'm from Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy. I was born in Newark. Yeah. And I just feel like, I just have a real affection for all those great New Jersey cities that have been just destroyed by corruption. Passaic, mm-hmm. Patterson, Trenton, Newark. All these great places that were was so Was that what thriving. destroyed them? Yeah. Corruption? Yeah. Well, how Political corruption. You there was a t- there's a ton of money in New Jersey. There's a ton of money. People getting taxed like crazy. And then these politicians multiple times going to jail for abusing the system and getting busted and bribery and just it's just awful, mm-hmm. just really. And it just became real violent places and people started moving out. And I really think it's going to come back. They're just too great. It's like Asbury Park at the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. I used to drive through there and it was just bombed out with these great big Victorian homes right on the beach. It's like, how's this place not... Just kicking ass. And the only way that it ever works, the gay community comes in and says, well, this is nice, and we're going to fix it. Is it the gay community (laughs) that built it up? Yeah, that's what they they saved. Asbury Park? Asbury Park, absolutely. That's awesome. So I think it's going to come back. So I just wanted to, in a little way, just shine a little light on... Newark.
0: So Asbury Park is basically a gay neighborhood now?
1: I don't know if it's a gay neighborhood, but it's a good, healthy gay population.
0: And so they buy these Victorians that are on the beach, and are they valuable now?
1: Yeah. Really? Yeah, the oh, real God. estate's really come up there.
0: Only makes sense, right? There's only so much beachfront property. Exactly. I mean, look at Mal- Malibu. It's preposterous. I, I've looked at houses in Malibu that are on the beach. Oh, and my it's, God. It's
1: hilarious. Yeah. Re- like, crazy. Like, it doesn't millions make sense Millions and money. millions of dollars
0: for a house that looks like it cost 150,000 bucks.
1: Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that in, in North Carolina probably would. Yeah. Right? And should. Yeah. 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 No, it's crazy. But there's so, it's limited. There's not that much, especially in that area, you know, the mm-hmm. Jersey Shore, the whole coast. It's like Manhattan. It's the same thing. Yeah. But it's, uh, I do feel like there's, I mean, you look back and you read all these books from, uh, like Philip Roth and stuff, he was from Newark. And it was just this thriving place with industry and people living their lives. And then it became this real darkness. And uh, it feels like uh, – I'm just hopeful that it, the population will succeed in tearing them over.
0: Hmm. Um, so what was the theater that you went to?
1: The Performing Arts Center, uh, the Victoria Theater. And it's like this performing arts theater there. It's beautiful great space it's this little downtown it's where um uh the devils are playing and uh the nets before they moved and uh it's like this one square block i mean you get on a train you're in manhattan in mm, 10 minutes right so it's this great theater i did two shows there i'd performed there before
0: is north i've got a lot a of fans in jersey
1: all? yeah it's slowly you know yeah. parts of it you know it's tough you know two steps forward and two steps back
0: we've know. done some uh ufc fights there
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, right, because you couldn't do New York, right? Yes, for a long time. Right. Yeah, so
0: we used to do it in, in, in Newark.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's beautiful downtown area, really great, beautiful Whole Foods and Nike. Really? Yeah, beautiful. And- Newark? Yeah, beautiful. And then, you know, you get it to the outer, you go a couple more blocks. It's a different story.
0: When I first moved to New York, I stayed with my grandfather in Newark. Oh, my, yeah? My grandfather bought a house in Newark in, like, the early... I guess it was probably the forties. He bought right. a house there and stayed there till he died. Oh really? North Ninth Street. And it was originally an Italian neighborhood and then it slowly became a bunch of different kinds of neighborhoods. They did a thing called blockbusting. You know what that that is? No. Where real estate agents would come in and say, hey, black people are moving into this neighborhood. You got to sell now or your real estate value is going to drop. What? Yeah. And my grandfather was like, fuck you. I like black people. Get (laughs) out (laughs) of here. He stayed there forever. Why would I move? (laughs) He wouldn't move, man. But the neighborhood changed from an all-Italian neighborhood to a black neighborhood. and uh, And then it eventually became a bunch of different immigrants, Right, and then when I stayed there, and um, this was probably eighty-eight, ninety-one, ninety, ninety-one, ninety-two, was okay. when I, I lived there. It was bad, man. Yeah. Next door neighbor got his uh, house uh, broken into by the cops. They battering rammed his front door because he was selling crack.
1: Oh my god. Yeah.
0: The and crack it, epidemic. My grandfather knew that kid from the time he was little.
1: Ah, uh, terrible.
0: Then, you know, he's watching this kid grow up to become a drug dealer. God. He had like a nice
1: Audi. He kept parked in the driveway right behind a gate. Jeez, Yeah, he was spending all that crack money. Crack money. My sister runs this uh, nonprofit, I think I've talked to you about it, called City Green out of Clifton. And they um, create all of these city gardens and um, take over farmlands, like in Passaic and Patterson. And and it just really – you bring these young kids in. She, She has like these learning gardens and these school programs where these kids from Patterson and Passaic come in. And they're just like these young little kids who don't understand like where vegetables come from. Their oh. their parents, their their families are blown apart and they're just like they're as thirsty as the vegetables. <laughs> they are oh. they just want love and learning and want right. to be useful and they just it's so inspiring to see. And if you if you can get kids at that age, like four, five, six, seven, if you can get them there. That's going to change everything. Mm. If you can come in and help these kids out and give them a lifeline, that seems like where most of the change can happen.
0: Yeah, if you can catch them when they're young, give them a positive direction to go into. That's one of the things that I've talked about a bunch of times in the podcast, like... We spend so much money overseas to try to replace dictators and get rid of fucked up governments, but we spend so little time going into inner cities and trying to give young kids a chance. I know. Give them opportunities, create community centers, do something where you give them an alternative to drugs and crime and gangs and all the shit that plagues those areas.
1: That's where I really believe, and I've talked to other people that are really into philanthropy and... They all seem to think that that's the way to do it. Get them when they're young. Get them when they're young. But what what the program is, is difficult, and you got to try and get the parents involved with it and all that. But if you can do that, there's I mean, they're so inspiring when you see these kids then move up to high school, and they're just, you know, I grew up with kids that were, you know, okay and so lazy in comparison to these kids. They just suck everything in and want to do well. and – they're inspiring. These kids will just kick ass. What do whatever they have to do to learn. Do whatever they have to do to get into college. They're just really like some of the best people you could possibly make. Mm. And
0: because uh, they're thankful that they had that opportunity, and they understand that they could have gone a, a, a bad way.
1: Right, like they, a lot
0: of people that they grew up with.
1: Yeah, and they see in their neighborhoods, you know, there's there's a, there's trouble. This this is not this isn't uh, this isn't guaranteed that things are going to go right for me. Yeah. Right.
0: It's amazing that there hasn't been more time and effort invested by the government to try to clean up these terrible neighborhoods. It's just not immediately profitable, and I guess every politician has four years in office. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's really—I know. It's like—I did a a fundraiser in Newark. This is where I got the idea to do the special there. I did a fundraiser. It wasn't a fundraiser. It was— like a uh, awards dinner kind of thing for this prominent lawyer. And all these politicians were there. And they all seemed like, you know, people with good intentions and whatever. And then you walk out into, into the city and on the way to the airport. And it's like, man, this is some of these areas. It's like how – this is – those people were nice. But it'll take thousands of those people Mm -hmm. to really all work on that problem. Like, I don't know how you do it. And, you know, when I travel around touring, and I'm sure you see it too, in every city, all of a sudden there's these tent cities just popping up Mm -hmm. of homeless people that wasn't around when I started touring. Like in the middle of New Orleans, in the middle of every city, San Francisco, uh, the upper Midwest, you know, there's just all of a sudden – these camps of homeless people, yeah. that did not exist before.
0: No, Los Angeles is staggering. I mean, there's basically a small city inside the city. Yeah. Uh, there's, right now, they're bordering on 70,000 people. 70,000. 70,000 people live on the streets in Los Angeles. Just
1: in LA. Just in
0: LA. And because LA never really gets cold, right. it only rains 10 times a year, it's yeah. really not that hard. If you have a tent, yeah. you can live outside.
1: Yeah, and they do. I yeah, mean, they do full on tents, and they string them all together, mm-hmm.
0: and they create little villages. Yeah, there's uh the underpasses like uh, all throughout L. A. Now are filled with tents. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's incredible. It's how much of it weird. is? How much of it? I have no idea. But how much of it is mental illness, and a how lot. much of it is just economic?
0: Um, I'm sure it's all the above. Yeah, it's a bunch of different factors. But you think mental, it's mostly
1: if you your instinct.
0: Well, mental illness for sure was what started out the wave of homeless people during the Reagan administration because they changed the criteria for people being able to, you know, be confined to a mental health institute. Mm-hmm. They they released a bunch of people. They changed what what constituted you being mentally ill. Uh-huh. Whereas before there were asylums, people right. could get help and counseling and maybe even get out. Um, but now they just kick those people out, or then they could just kick those people
1: out. Right. And
0: I remember it. Because, uh, how old are you? I'm 50. Yeah, I'm a little older than you. I'm 52. So when I was... uh, I'm really 52. (laughs) When I was... uh, I guess I was like... In high school or right after high school when Reagan was in office, all that shit was going down and people were freaking out because all of a sudden there was homeless people wandering around the street. Right. And that didn't exist before. And people were really angry. They were like, these are mentally ill people. And now they're just wandering. And, you know, I lived in Boston. It was fucking really cold. Yeah. To see people wandering around uh, Boston.
1: There's definitely always a a large portion of people that truly, truly need help. Yeah. Right? It's not just that, you know, they're lazy or don't just oh, go no. get a job. Like, there's major issues, and there needs to be some kind of a safety net to help these people. And you could just see it. I mean, it's so weird to be – it's it's popping up in L.A. in areas that it never was before.
0: Yeah, and even what what is lazy, right? Like, uh, how many people that are uh, la- that lazy that they're homeless? How many people are mentally ill? There's got to be a lot of A them, lot. Right? You a know, lot. Mental illness is a weird thing, right, because it's got such a stigma attached to it. But mm-hmm. I think – What is wellness, right? What's mental wellness? Maintaining a beautiful state of mind, a peaceful, relaxed, calm, thankful, filled with gratitude, loved, happy. That's healthy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone experiences some mental illness, just like everyone experiences some physical illness. Uh-huh. But it's a matter of whether or not it becomes chronic, and prolonged, and what it does to you and the people around you. And some people have it way worse, just like yeah. some people have way worse physical health,
1: right? Yeah. Some people have way worse mental health, and some people it deteriorates. And sometimes you could be like on the right track, and some stuff happens to you, and within six months, you're in trouble. That help, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a it's a it's a tricky situation yeah. to kind of maintain. We're a lot more
0: fragile than we like to pretend we are. Yeah, it's one of the beautiful things about being a comic is that we have a real community. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, we have a really beautiful supportive community of like minded weirdos. It's. <laughs>
1: It's really nice. true. It really? really is
0: true. I know. Like is there a place that other people get to go to that we get to go to like the store where yeah. everybody's hugging everybody, everybody sees everybody? I know. It's so friendly.
1: I was thinking about that. I was I was at the, uh, I was leaving and everybody every time you leave a club, whether it's the store or the cellar in New York, uh everyone's always asking, "Are you going to be here tomorrow? Are you going to be around? Where are you going? Are you going to be?" Like everyone cares about they want to see you again, and they want to know if you're coming back. And I was like, that's such a wonderful thing. But yes. This isn't an office. This isn't no. yeah. This isn't people that are being made to see you every day. Right. But if if you're leaving the store and we say goodnight, it's like, are, are you going to be here tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, are you coming back to the Playhouse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people
0: are looking forward to yeah. it. We're real lucky in that regard, because I don't think musicians have a spot like that. Where they get yeah. to go to. They feel isolated if they're not with their band or their family. You know, yeah. they're
1: isolated. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting because the L.A., it's the store's revival, I think, has given it a sense of place. Because coming from New York, I felt when I was out here like, oh, comedians just roll into the Laugh Factory and then they get in their car and they're gone. Like, yeah. There's no— Hangout. Yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah. And the improv had it for yeah. a while and then they messed with the bar and they moved it to the other they side and ruined it that was such a great place they ruined it I know and it's it hasn't got it's mojo back
0: how do you get a mojo back
1: <laughs> I don't know have you ever seen that photo of the improv
0: where it's Jay Leno he's got a pipe yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah, hang hanging out jacket. in the bar and everyone's in the bar the bar's packed with packed, people I know and it's this weird sort of photograph of you know capturing time yeah and that was what it was like when I first started coming here there was basically two schools there was the improv school and then there was the comedy store school right and then there was the laugh factories just like the stepchild right it was weird right? yeah it's always a
1: little weird because
0: jamie used to work <laughs> at the comedy store he was a dishwasher there and he left to start his own comedy club but yeah you would you know the industry people would go to the improv there was all like right. the people that were angling to get on sitcoms uh-huh. and the people that were squeaky clean right and, and then the the d- deranged weirdos <laughs> were all hanging around at the store. Yeah,
1: because it's comfortable there for them. <laughs> but the
0: new wave, the new revival, of the store is very yeah, different. Totally different. Very different.
1: But it still has that shadows of that.
0: There's some some you know what I mean. Like there's still some deranged. Yeah, there. it's
1: in the walls. It's yeah. baked in the oh, carpets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you even get like it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't.
0: You'd you never know? be able to build a place <laughs> like that. It would no. have to already exist. Yes. Because if you try to build a place in 2020, you said, all right, we're going to build a new comedy store. We're going to put it over here uh-huh. in Silver Lake, and we're going to – this is this and that and that, and we're going to make it like the comedy store. Uh-uh.
1: Eh. It would feel like a hotel bar. Yeah. It <laughs> you would know? go
0: there an Encino Hotel Bar. Yeah,
1: You're yeah. Like, Why right. am I
0: here? <laughs> right.
1: Why is it echoey? What's wrong here? <laughs> yeah, it seems odd. <laughs> There's no soul. It, places yeah. have a soul, and that place has a a lot of yeah. soul, a lot of dark souls, a lot of mixed up souls.
0: Yeah, that's a, a, th- a weird point of uh, contention with scientists and with uh, people that are open to more weird ideas Yeah, that things have a feel to them. That things even have a memory to
1: them. Oh yeah. I believe that a hundred percent.
0: I do too, but if you you know, if you talk to a brilliant scientist, they would dismiss that instantaneously.
1: They think they're all brilliant, but they're not open to everything. They're acting uh, all smart with their little test scores and their lab coats, but Walk into an old hotel in Italy and tell me that you don't feel something, something there, yeah. that history. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's all ghosts coming up and giving yeah. you belly rubs. <laughs> but, why do you think did they
0: have that dismissive need to uh, redu- for uh, to be a reductionist to reduce everything down to its core
1: components and dismiss any? soul. It gives you control, right? It gives you an idea like a, that this crazy madness is somehow manageable. Like I, I do it too in my life. You know, I organize my desk and I get my thing and I get my schedule and mm. okay, everything's okay. This isn't chaos. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not all going to be, uh, this, this, uh, this isn't completely out of my control. I'm controlling this, at least my pen's over there yeah. and my book's over here, right? I would think that that's what it is. And if you can't, If you can't justify it with facts and numbers, then it doesn't exist. Well, I don't know because certain places always seem to have a personality, and there's there's more there's more going on. Just because we haven't figured it out yet doesn't mean that that stuff doesn't exist. No, I agree. Even this room, even this place, like mm -hmm. you know, you moved here, right? This was this was the old place was the thing, but this feels different now than when you first showed up. It's mm-hmm. got stuff. There's, got, there's some memories. There's some too, yeah. things have happened. There's like, it feels comfortable here.
0: Well, we got this desk too. This wood. is the same desk from the beginning. This desk is soaked in with people's palm sweat and <laughs> weirdness and good feelings and weird feelings. Yeah. And that
1: yeah. wouldn't have come from something that wasn't wood.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And this is also reclaimed farmhouse wood. Yeah? Yeah. This is all from uh, some Russian farm. Mm-hmm. This is all reclaimed oak. All this shit is like 100 years old. Wow. Yeah. From where? Russia. <clears throat> we decided to get this wood. One, one of the things when w- I was building this, I, I said, can we get wood that's old? Yeah. And so we, we figured out that there was ways that you could get like really old oak. Wow. And so Eric, the guy who uh, made all this, got this really old Russian oak. And cut it all down and trimmed it, and you know, right. Everything's all you know. It's like got cracks in it, and it's it's, it's expanded, and it has personality. It's alive. Yeah, it's if alive. It, if it's not alive, I mean, it's it's organic. That's probably the right. best way to describe. It. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, that, that it has a difference. It, and then you know, if you want to go further and talk about the ghosts that show up, <gasps> it's, it's definitely ghosts too. Did I ever show you the picture of my ghost? You have a picture of a ghost? Didn't I show you that? I don't, Did I ever show you that, Jamie? I don't think so. No. You have a ghost? I have a ghost. Where? Your house? I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But... I
0: don't know if you are. I don't remember the story. Right.
1: But I I'm... I got one of those Nest cameras. Oh, the
0: Nest cameras captured a ghost?
1: Those, Yeah. And I was at the Comedy Works in Denver. Mm. And the ghost comes I, with you I, to I got... Denver? <laughs> he opens for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want an opener that you can trust. Yeah. And I... Got an alert on my email the first time. Like if, you, if it senses movement, it mm-hmm. alerts you. And I open it up and there's my dog, Bella, just in the thing. I'm like, this is so cool. I'm just like, I'm in, I'm in Denver and I'm looking at my office. And I thought, wouldn't that be a cool beginning of a horror movie? If you get an alert on your phone and back at home, there's a guy just staring in the camera. Of, Ooh, like, like a, right? That's a good premise for a movie. So then I, as I'm saying that to my opening act, who's, who wasn't a ghost, I get another alert, and then this comes up. Oh, yeah, you can see it up there. Okay. Right Dude, why
0: do you have a picture of Chris D'Elia on your wall? <laughs> he's obsessed with Chris D'Elia. We just found out. Look at that, bro. That's D'Elia. Chris, keep away from Tom. Something you might not know. I
1: love Dalia, but that's George Carlin.
0: That's a man with a wrench.
1: Yeah, or a man in a trench coat with an Uzi. Mm. This is 10 o'clock at night. The only people home are my wife and my daughter. This is on the second floor. There is no shadow coming (laughs) in the thing. It's a ghost. That's a legit ghost. You don't think that's a person? That's not a person. For sure. My wife is the only one in the house.
0: Hmm. And you think that's a gun in his hand? Could be a clipboard. Maybe he's just a really annoying surveyor from the dead.
1: Got, he's, uh, he's looking uh, just at just like the, a
3: few moments the, of your time to yeah. fill out this report. Did you mm-hmm. have video of it? Was it moving or something? No,
1: but I have a video of another thing in the same office, which so I is, could show you.
3: This is weird.
1: Yeah,
0: it it looks way different in this picture when it's small than it does when it's large. Which when is scarier? When it's, when it's large, it looks more like a person. Can you make it even bigger, Jamie? Can you make his image larger?
1: Hmm. I have a ghost in my house. And then we hear yeah. things.
0: Yeah, see, it does seem, it seems like, you know, the light is behind him, right? Like, yeah, like the outside right edge of it is sort of highlighted, like there's a light behind him. hmm. doesn't look like a gun, though.
1: It is weird.
0: I mean, it could be a gun.
1: And then I got this video.
0: Could be a Sawzall.
1: <laughs> coming for bread he's over here ready to he's looking for some bread, bread. Yeah. he's got a big serrated bread big bread he's
0: electric <laughs> serrated chef's knife <laughs> chop up some bread bro <laughs> so have you ever had an experience that you could say you think is probably a ghost cause
1: that everybody in the house has had a little something is your house old it's not old, How old but old like it? poltergeist Right, it's over an Indian burial ground. You never know. Dun, dun, dun. You never know. what. Look at this video in the same office from The Nest.
0: You got a video? Let me see what's going on. What am I looking at here?
1: Did the thing move? No. Can you press play again? Okay. Same camera. What's that? It's a bug, bro. It's a bug?
0: 100%. That's a bug. (laughs) How do you know that's a bug? Because it's a bug. It's moving in front of the camera. It flies around. It's
1: doing loop-de-loops. Dude,
0: that's a bug. It's probably a moth. Oh, my God. You're a little fruitcake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're a crazy person. uh, That is not... That's no bug. You're a crazy person. Look how it's sailing. Is that what they call... Is a
0: fruitcake... Fruitcake is not... That's a gay person. That's a gay gay person. But you can call someone a fruitcake if they're nuts, too, right? Isn't it?
1: Yeah, nuttier than a fruitcake.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Look how that! Look how that goes. That's no Bro, bug. Get the fuck! Look at out of that. You. That
0: is a hundred percent a bug. You're out of your mind. That's a bug.
3: Do you want to see? James? I would bet. A- Air drop it to me real quick. All right, Dude, I'll airdrop yeah, it to
0: you. I would be all in that. That's a bug. <laughs> all right, that's not a ghost. It's Tinkerbell. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Your house is invaded by
1: fairies. <laughs> <laughs> but that ghost, my, I believe in ghosts. Really? And Yeah, I do. And then uh, my wife... Yeah, we've all had little things go on in the house. Like what kind of little things? My wife thought someone was standing right behind her. She's doing the laundry. She thought it was, was it my you? daughter and turned and there's nope, there was. Oh, that's a bug. It's a fucking bug, right? <laughs> Thank Jamie! you, Jamie. That's
0: Let's a... watch this. Let's watch this so everyone on, at home can laugh at <laughs> <And our> how <laughs> fucking <laughs> crazy Tom Papa is. Here we go. Well, if you first... Let's watch the bug.
1: Y- oh, look. Oh, yeah. A fucking a bug. Flat, a flat paper Just piece of paper. Mouth. all bugs look like a fortune cookie
0: dude it's a bug listen to me there was there's a thing that I got sucked into stop it any bug that's a bug it's a video artifact it's because it's moving very fast in front of the screen there's a precedent to this you have a low resolution camera that's in front of your desk yes this is a security camera low resolution doesn't take a lot of frames per second the reason why it's so elongated is because it's passing by this camera and the thing is taking multiple exposures while, while it moves through there's a thing called um, is that George Carlin behind your desk is that what it is yeah that's the oh. D'Elia
1: that's the Chris Dalia. it moved to the other it's, side it's now. George Carlin is that who it actually is that's George Carlin
0: that's pretty cool you got that above your desk yeah um, the there's a thing called Roswell Rods see how it looks all long like that uh huh and roswell rods there was this guy yeah, okay. that uh me and eddie bravo b- back in the smoke too much weed every day days <laughs> uh we were convinced that there were these things that were moving too fast for the human eye to see and there there's gelatinous jellyfish like creatures that are shaped like a tube that's see where'd that, you how get they this look? idea see how they look see those things yeah yeah
1: Where'd you get the idea? You'd seen it. Well, I'd it.
0: seen a video. See that one, uh, that black and white one where it showed right, right above your cursor, Jamie, <laughs> to the right, right there. Click on that one. Yeah. That sort of iconic image of the roswell rod had me convinced like oh my god there's these things in the sky Uh and the only way you could capture them was with video cameras so they'd set these video cameras up (laughs) and they would get these things on video yeah and this guy made this documentary i think a couple of documentaries i think if you go to Uh roswellrods.com it's got a whole website dedicated to it (laughs) yeah it is nothing but a (laughs) video artifact once there's a show called um, one of those monster shows, fucking one of those right. History Channel shows or Discovery Channel shows. <laughs> yeah. And they solved the, the mystery. Uh-huh. They set up two cameras in front of this fireplace or this, in front of this um, campfire. Yeah. One of them, was it a campfire? No. It, I think it was actually a lantern whatever it was they set up these two cameras uh-huh. one of them was standard resolution and the other one was hd uh. so one of them captured multiple frames per second like many 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 frames right. per second very high resolution and <laughs> in that one you clearly see bugs clearly you see a uh. bug you see a bug a very easily defined bug in the other one yeah. that's low resolution and it doesn't capture as many frames per second all those images are stretched out and it looks like tubes so in the exact same place at the exact same time with two cameras right next to each other you get two very different images one of them is all stretched out from the low resolution camera like your security camera Uh the other one is high resolution you can see it's clearly a bug i guarantee you one million percent that is a fucking bug
1: all right i'll buy that one see if you can find that i'm convinced but that other one, well, I'm
0: looking, yeah, I'm looking you're a, a me. ghost lover, bro.
1: <laughs> I am a ghost lover. I love all of it. I love being in a spooky old house, a nice old church, mm. theaters.
0: The comedy store belly room scares me sometimes. Yeah. I've taken people up there. I go, oh, just just stand here and tell me if you don't
1: feel weird. In the belly room.
0: There's something about the belly room. When I, you go above those stairs, it's just like there's something about that room, especially when there's no show going on. Uh-huh. It just feels like your body's telling you, get the fuck out of
1: here. Right? Let's get out of here. So what is that? You're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the stairs, not me. I'm a bitch. Me, I'm a bitch. I'm talking to myself. With the back one, off the main room, the dressing area, whenever you're back there by yourself, that's a weird feeling. That's a
0: sketchy spot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a really weird feeling. Isn't that where Kinison said he saw like a, didn't he see like a quarter move in the air or something? He
0: ate a pound of cocaine that (laughs) night.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that, guy, that guy snorted so much coke, who the fuck knows what he saw. Yeah, He's not a good uh, no. <laughs> scientist.
0: <laughs> well, Carla Bo, who was Kinnison's sidekick, had a great story about getting kicked out of the comedy store. And he told it on stage one night that he got kicked out, uh, not of the comedy store, excuse me, kicked out of his home. Uh-huh. Got in a fight with his wife. You know, get out. Fuck you. You know, I'm I'm going to the goddamn comedy store. Yeah. So he went to the comedy store because I think he was working security at the store, so he had keys. Yeah. So he said, I'm going to sleep on this stage. I'm going to make it one day. I'm going to be a big famous comedian. I'm going like, to. This is my fucking stage. I'm going to sleep here. So he slept there Main in room? the dark. Main room uh-huh. in the dark, and uh, he hears something in the background. And he hears like a door like, click click. And he like picks his head up. Pitch black. Can't uh-huh. see shit. Hello. It's Carl. <laughs> hey, uh, I got kicked out of my house. I'm sleeping here. If anybody's uh, here wondering. And then he hears chairs moving. Clink, clink. Clink, clink. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Hello? <laughs> and then something grabs him by the ankle and pulls him off the stage into the crowd, into where the seats are, uh-huh. crashing into the chairs. And then, boom, the door shuts. And boom, another door shuts. And it's gone. And he's <laughs> laying on the ground. In, in the middle of the main room, with oh. a bunch of knocked over chairs, something had grabbed his ankle and pulled him off the stage. Oh. Or, or, he did a lot of coke with Kennison.
1: He was, right? He was yes. another one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But it's a
1: great story. That is a great story. Didn't, I, he what,
0: told it on stage one night at the store. I was uh, like, holy shit. This I, yeah,
1: that's a good question. I've never asked the audience if they feel weird in there.
0: No, I don't think they do. They're drunk.
1: They're drunk and they're watching a show. They're having a good time. Yeah, they're having fun. They're there fun. for fun. The uh, basement feels weird. You had such a funny – I saw you uh, like a week ago working stuff out on the main stage. That whole thing about back of the hand. Oh, yeah. Don't talk. It. Don't, I won't. Don't give won't, up on my material. I won't. I know. Yeah, working that. But so <laughs> that whole area was so funny. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's the most rewarding feeling ever when you yeah. have a chunk and it's just like become something Yeah. over time. Yeah. Uh. You know, because in the beginning it's, it's like a like, miracle. It's it's like a plant.
1: <laughs> I know, right? In
0: the beginning, it's like a couple of leaves and a stick, and it's like, okay, I hope this <laughs> fucking becomes a tree. Yeah, exactly. And now it's like a tree. Yeah. You know? Now it's got branches, and you can hang from
1: it. Yeah, and like branches, it goes off in these yeah. different places. So fun! Yeah. It was it's, fun to watch.
0: I can't imagine not doing that. Yeah. You know, of... It's the most fun thing to do.
1: I know. When well, you get addicted to it, too. When you don't do it, you start feeling like a weirdo. Oh, yeah. Once yeah. you've done it a bunch, you know, yeah. that's it. It's wow. Yeah, you start getting, like, weird. Yeah. Go on vacation for a week and I you're like, out here? what do I do? I like, go to dinners now? I walk around <laughs> in
0: Thailand. Do you guys have comedy out here? No comedy at all?
1: Yeah. Huh. Oh, weird. Totally oh, you brought weird.
0: you brought a bag to Jamie, too.
1: Oh, yeah, oh. I gave Jamie. I know. Jamie's going to come back tomorrow with a little belly.
3: It's a beauty. <laughs> it is a beauty. A little
0: bread belly. He doesn't have a toaster. You don't have a... T- what Do you, a savage? I just think... Oh, I,
3: I threw my old one away. I was planning on getting a new one. I just mm. never, never did. did. He's well, a bachelor.
0: Good thing is you can get them anywhere. I know. It's not like they're, they're hard yeah. to find.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a lot of toast either, so it's not a big deal. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: do they have them at Best Buy? There's a have Best them Buy. them everywhere. Like a mile so away Amazon
1: right will probably have it at your house before you get home. <laughs> right?
0: They deliver... They have their own trucks now.
1: I know. They've made me so snotty. I'm like, it, it won't be here today?
0: You know what's interesting? It's like, we have this uh, attitude about business. Right. That like we, you know, it's nice when someone works hard and creates a business and becomes successful, Yeah, but it's not when they become too successful. Right. It's not when they, they're, they are the business. Yeah. And then we think that's a monopoly. We've got to break that up. Yeah. I hear a lot of people saying that they should break up Amazon.
1: Yeah. They're too big. All right. Good. Good. So you want to end up, so you want to wait. Five days for a book?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But but the idea is you want other people to be able to open up bookstores. Yep. I don't know. man. I know. I'm not an economic. Clearly. I don't even know. It's it's like, (laughs) I am not a rocket scientist. (laughs) I'm clearly not an economics expert. I know. But it's, yeah. I see the arguments, but I also see a little bit of hater in those arguments. Thanks for writing that quote
1: for my book, by the way. My pleasure, my friend. That was really great.
0: When is your uh, book out?
1: They can pre-order it now, but it comes (gasps) out in May. And you can pre-order it where? Amazon. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. But then be in bookstores. We're stores. talking
0: about Amazon mm-hmm. and your book is coming out on Amazon. That is
1: It's nuts. like they That's know. like a ghost. It's like they know. Hey, back to the comedy store thing. Yeah. Wasn't there a story that someone came in, a waitress came in and all the chairs were stacked in a pile?
0: Yeah, but I never talked to that waitress. Did you? No. I, I Do don't you, even know if it was a waitress. I've talked <laughs> to uh, people that have had weird experiences. Yeah. But you never know, man. People are tired. It's I the know. end of the day. There's a lot. The power of suggestion. But mm-hmm. then there's also the reality that that used to be Bugsy Siegel's nightclub and the right. people were murdered there. Yeah. And Bugsy Siegel was a legit gangster and they killed people in that club. In and that club. Apparently they killed people in the basement.
1: Yeah. That's the word. Have you ever been in the basement? Oh, oh the, yeah. The, where the podcast.
0: Podcast. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That I- doesn't feel creepy.
0: A little bit weird. It feels a little weird. Yeah, uh, I was weird when I did Argus's show down there. I was like, this is really... <laughs> I feel like he might be haunted.
1: <laughs> what if Argus, Argus has, has been dead got for some years? Good
0: fucking material, man. <laughs> Argus, is... Argus is a hustler. He's always writing. It's no joke. No joke at all. It's no I saw joke. him kill the other night in the main room on I a fu- Saturday night. I was like, he is fucking good, With man. With
1: jokes written like yes. that day, that yes. week. Yes, I know. Like
0: really current event jokes, but tight. <laughs> good solid jokes
1: he's no joke he i follow him a lot i I end up going on after him a lot there and i'm just always amazed yeah i mean like not not like just from the headlines kind of this like like uh like a late night show this kind of worked mm -hmm. isn't that funny no like funny good jokes (laughs) and
0: you know he's a guy that never threw in the towel Yeah, that's the thing about Argus. I mean, he writes all the time for periodicals. He writes jokes for like newspapers and stuff like that. And he runs, I think something crazy, like at least 10 miles a day. What? Yeah, he runs in Hollywood. He's out there on the, the streets are his gym. He gets really? out there. Yeah, we were hanging around the store one night, and Argus pulled in with fucking sweatpants on, all sweaty and shit. Uh-huh. I go, "What are you doing?" Well, oh, just getting back from a run. <laughs> he was out there running. I was like, "Whoa,
1: yeah, he's a he's the real deal." I mean, he's it's been a, at the store forever, from the seventies. From the seventies. I mean, he used to date Mitzi. He did. You didn't know that? No. Yeah.
0: He was Mitzi's boyfriend. Whoa. There he is. That's Argus Hamilton. Wow. Back when he was look at young Argus. Your son.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he does look- <laughs> still, That's Argus Papa. <laughs> Argus Papa. <laughs> in a time machine. Yeah. I
0: mean, he's been swinging at the store forever. Look at him there. That's a night show. 1981. 1981.
1: I was in eighth grade. Oh,
0: my God. I was in ninth grade. <laughs> that's
1: crazy. I was in high school.
0: That was my first year of high school school wow. 81 he was already on the fucking tonight show i probably saw him on the tonight show you know that was one of the things that inspired me to do stand-up is watching richard jenny on the tonight show
1: uh jenny yeah Killers. watching watching
0: comics do stand-up on the tonight show was like one of my favorite things yeah when i when a stand-up would come on i'd be in my i had a tv in my bedroom like uh-huh. a 12-inch tv yeah and, uh, you know, we had rabbit ears. I'd, I'd get whatever was on regular network. Yeah, you know? yeah. People don't even know what that is anymore. It's there's so a crazy. S- folks, there's a signal that's in the sky,
1: <laughs> and you can pick up the TV. If you put tinfoil on yes. the end of it, you'll get even better reception. It's picture. even better
0: reception. <laughs> you had to fuck with the antenna, remember? Like you could stand there. I would stand there sometimes and hold it in a certain way. And you know when it was really great? When it snowed. Right. When it snowed out, you got great service. <laughs> yeah, the ionization like s- or something. There was something happened. <laughs> It happens with cell phones, too, you know. Yeah. When it snows out, oh, you get really? better cell phone reception. Yeah. Oh, interesting. There's something going on with
3: it. I still use one from time to time because in L.A., depending on where you are, there are a lot of free 4K HD stations that are going over just wherever you are. Through the air. Um, And then I'm going to be watching sporting events because that's the clearest it would be because it would be better than what you're getting streamed online. Uh-huh. When a helicopter would go over your house, the signal would break up. Oh, ah, yeah. the waves are Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: How did it? Affect, how did it affect your toaster?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the helicopter, the whip boop, 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 uh-huh. would fuck with the uh-huh. air, and that yeah, would I, mess up the signal. I, it's yes, the same, so, yeah, it's yeah, all all yeah. waves, right?
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. <laughs> how weird, man! I remember my. We had this tiny little TV room in. At my grandparents' house, and the men would sit in there on this tiny little couch, and I'd have to hold the antenna <laughs> <laughs> so they could watch the game. So well, I used to have
0: a, a wrench to change the channel because the thing <laughs> broke off. Remember there was a little yeah. piece of plastic? You yeah. would have to click, the click, little... click to change the channels, and the thing broke off. So I'd yeah. get in there with a wrench and have to
1: pop, pop. <laughs> That's that how you change the channel. Yeah. We used to
0: keep a wrench on top of the TV.
1: Ugh. Remember finding the finding the uh, UHF channels? Yes. Oh.
0: Like, this is crazy. Uncle Benny Floyd. Hill.
1: <laughs> yeah, Benny Hill, <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Floyd. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> crazy people. Uncle Floyd was the guy in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't know who he is. I worked with him. You did? I did stand up with him. Yeah, He's
1: still out there, I think, now. Is he really? Yeah, my
0: cousins, how old I think, is saw he?
1: him in some place in wayne new
0: jersey or something dude i did a bob gonzo gig with (laughs) uncle floyd on the shore in jersey me and
1: (laughs) he was the wow there he is look at him very nice guy bow tie plaid jacket Mm -hmm. me and otto and george oh yeah that makes perfect sense yeah and uh he's a handsome man i
0: fucking bombed (laughs)
1: <laughs> you did Oof,
0: went on after him ate shit after uncle floyd yeah ter- they didn't want to see me at all
1: would he they s- him would he do songs or would he would <laughs> just don't, do stand I don't
0: up <clears throat> i don't remember i don't remember i believe he brought puppets and he had a a, a
1: show on uhf that just yeah. ran forever
0: forever in new jersey yeah the uncle floyd show monday through friday six thirty p.m
1: and he just kept cable going.
0: television network of new jersey it's like public access look at him Wow. Yeah, it was like public access. Yeah. Do you remember public access? You you used to be able to do your own show. You could go down to the public access station. Yeah. I did it. There was a a guy named uh, Larry Rapucci, (laughs) me, and uh, I think Todd Parker were Uh the ones. We did, like when we were both, all three of us were open micers. We did a show on cable access TV in Boston. We went it was your there. own show. Well, we just did a, a, show. a so, show. I think we did one episode, and I was wearing a dress. <laughs> I, I forget. It was like a game show, like a like a dating show type of deal. Yeah, it's we, great. we created it ourselves. It was. Te- I'm sure it was terrible.
1: Yeah, but you were doing it. But was wearing, so great.
0: Yeah, and then some one of my friends said, "Did I see you on TV wearing a dress?" <laughs> I was like, "Probably."
1: <laughs> it's so great. All these maniacs. That's the only people that would do it. Uncle yeah. Floyd, right? And there was that the porn one in New York. There was a
0: porn one?
1: Not, not, cable like, access? Yeah, kind of porny. She was famous. She was like legendary in, in New York. Oh, I know who you're talking about. right? Well, Howard Stern had a cable
0: access show, didn't he?
1: No, he had close. He had WOR. That's right. Which is like Channel 9 in New That's York in right. the day. He had a weird gig. Weird, like small show.
0: Back when Howard Stern was... He was still huge, but he, he wasn't was. huge like he became.
1: Yeah, but he was he was popular. It, yeah, it, it was he was big at the time.
0: He was big, but I'm trying to compare. I think it to was somebody. before
1: Private Parts. It was yeah, like yeah, during yeah. Fart Man during that whole era. It was before then, even Jackie I think. the Joke Man.
0: This is the girl, the porn girl. Yeah, that Robin, Robin Bird. Bird. Robin that's Bird, of that's course, right. Of course,
1: that's right. Yeah, and she would do It wasn't like you know you couldn't go complete porn, but look, she'd have yeah she well, would. Oh, that's, that's making fun of it.
0: Oh, that's an SNL sketch right. making fun of Robin Bird.
1: But she would have know. like a lot of drag queens on. and Wholesomely just talk about pornographic
0: sex. Robin Bird sued Time Warner. Okay, and
1: okay. she had a cool voice, and she was just she was just a mainstay.
0: Well, do you remember when there was a uh, radio, a talk radio channel in LA, like Tom Likas was on uh-huh. it, and um, there was two girls that would talk about sex all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget they had one of them. I think was in Playboy, right? And they had uh, Tim Conway Jr., Conway and Steckler. Uh huh. Remember? I don't, you don't remember, remember this, that
1: now.
0: Yeah, man. They had there was a channel, an all talk radio channel, and this was in the '90s. I remember uh-huh. because I would listen to it when I was on the way to news radio. I would listen to okay. the radio when I was on the way to do the set. Right. To the set.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, sunset like in the morning. An hour.
0: Yeah, right. and in the afternoon when I was coming home.
1: Oh, that's where you guys were? Sunset and Gower? Sunset
0: and Gower, yeah. yeah. I think we are at CBS Radford originally, mm-hmm. maybe for a little bit. Right. I did hardball at CBS Radford and then Sunset and Gower. Right. I remember looking at all those other shows, like real shows, like, God. Yeah, wish I was on Friends. You know, you, <laughs> I know everybody
1: has envy. It's funny. Always, you're on a network show, oh, I'm thinking, dude. oh, if only I could be over there." And to
0: this day, <laughs> it's one of my fondest memories. But yeah. there was uh, a time I remember we were all sitting around the set, and uh, we we kept getting moved. We got moved no less than nine times over the course of five years. Nine times, yeah. We just kept getting. We see the thing is with shows back then, in particular, yeah. It it all is about who owns the show. Okay, mm-hmm. if NBC owns the show, and you know, then you're yeah. you're golden. They're going to put you in the great spot and and hook you up. And, yeah,
1: on their network. Yeah, they're right. going to
0: put you like right after Friends or right after Seinfeld. Yeah, that was the sweet. Yeah, that was the Thursday night was the sweet spot, yeah. baby.
1: They used to call the hammock. Spot right between oh, yeah. Friends and Seinfeld. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. Some people would call it that, and um it was we were all sitting around the set, and one of the guys uh from the you know, someone brought in the ratings. And yeah, we're like, fuck. And then everyone's complaining and this and that, and uh-huh. everyone was so down. And I was like, Hey, last time I checked, we're on fucking TV. <laughs> Like I yeah. know, I know we're in, like number 80th in the
2: <laughs> right. rankings.
0: Yeah, like uh, my friend Lou Morton, he would come, he was one of the writers who would come in every day with a shirt with Sharpie the number that we were on. And one day he came in and said 88. I was like, really? He's like, really? <laughs> oh like, man! Fuck! News radio yeah. was 88. Oh my god! We didn't do well until we got canceled. Wow! News radio did great in reruns. That's really? when people got a chance to see how funny it was. Oh,
1: that's so weird. Yeah, yeah. That's so weird. It's weird how many times that happens too. Mm-hmm. Like Arrested Development and
0: yeah, well, a lot of those shows. It's all about where it is. Yeah, I know?
1: know. I know.
0: It's all about where they put it.
1: Yeah. So wait. So the, the it was on that All Talk Radio. Was that the guy who would? Um, what was his name? Who would he would do all the voices? He would do all the characters. No,
0: he was on the radio though, show. Phil Hendry. Phil Hendry. Phil Hendry, the Hendry the would. Phil Hendry. He would, and he still does it. If you never heard Phil Hendry, he's a goddamn genius. Yeah. Phil Hendry would answer the phone and then he would be the caller. Uh-huh. So he yeah. would call up with these read Ridiculous! He would say ridiculous shit. Yeah. Where you're like, how can this guy be real? And people would get so angry. <laughs> yeah. And then other people would call in, like that man is so ignorant. <laughs> and then he and he would say, "No, man, you're ignorant. You're I am standing here in front of the Journal of American Medicine, and he would just go on these. And most people were in on the gag. Yeah.
2: You know, maybe, right? I,
0: mean, I wouldn't even say most people. Maybe like sixty percent of the people yeah. were in on the gag. It yeah. was great. It's I was so I remember good. P- Being parked in front of my house. Like listening to it,
1: like what the fuck is <laughs> he happen? doing? <laughs> <laughs> I know it was amazing. I think yeah, he's still him. around. Yeah, I think he is. I think you're right.
0: What does he do these days? Does he have a radio show?
3: He's Paul, probably Phil working. Henry.
1: He's probably working with Uncle Floyd. Phil, Phil, the Phil
3: Hendry <laughs> Show. The, the Phil Henry, Henry show. show. Is it on the radio? Um, it's, the YouTubes? Official HQ, for Hats, today's show. Spot iTunes. I feel SoundCloud. about. Right. When
0: I f- hear about. Okay, well, that's good. Because I, when I hear people that are still doing radio, radio, I'm like, oof. <laughs> um, do you have any other options? Is there other way? Can you get out?
1: I'm on Sirius XM right now. That's
0: different. That's different. That, that oh, list, you mean like satellite terrestri- radio? You mean terrestrial radio? Yeah, like radio. Right.
1: Like over the, over the air radio. Yeah. I know. But you know what? There is something like I've been, I was in a couple towns, Columbus, Ohio, uh, Denver, even, where they have a strong terrestrial radio thing mm-hmm. station that's popular. Austin does. Austin still Dudley does. Dudley and Bob. It's such a cool thing and we've kind of lost something like because mm-hmm. they're talking about the show that's coming to our town. It yep. creates a sense of community that you don't have in other things.
0: Right. And it's live.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's happening
0: like the over the air. Tools yeah. coming
1: in this mm-hmm. weekend. We're going to be oh, there. You'll be there. But You'll it's also there.
0: censored. That's a real issue. Yeah, for you sure. I it's mean, you, you, I mean, look, one thing that we all owe Howard Stern a huge debt of gratitude is that he was sued by the FCC. Yeah, I mean, like he, legit. Yeah, yeah, he was sued. He lost a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. The the media company, what was the company that had his show?
1: Uh, Whatever the company was. Yeah,
0: they were fined hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. For him, like for almost nothing. This yeah. was during the Bush administration. They were going after him. Do you uh, remember that? Yeah, I remember it. Dude, they went after him. They went after him hard to the point where it was scary. Yeah. Where, like, you would you would hear about it, and you're like,
3: what? Yeah.
0: What? And and you would hear about the things that he got fined. See if you can find the things that Howard but Stern got. The top got-
3: five things he got fined for. Yeah, here. let's pull that up. Oh, really? Because listen, man,
0: whatever anybody wants to say about Howard Stern, that motherfucker opened the door for all of us. All of us. For me, 100%. Yeah.
3: Okay, let me see. It's like the first thing is the fart man stunt.
0: Well, he got fined for that on fine television. For farm, yeah. That was on television because he showed though. his ass. Um, okay, it's not really surprised that he exposed his butt cheeks in a ten thousand dollars gold spandex superhero costume. Blah blah blah. Where, where does it say Number he got fined? Where does it say he got fined for that?
3: I guess it's just his, op- I don't, it said his, oh, Most Outrageous Offenses, I guess. Oh, oh Outrageous no, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, hold on. He uh, was, he was. Aunt Jemima joke, I saw.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there was a lot of stuff that he said, you know, that you would look at it today, like, in terms of, like, a podcast, you'd say, oh, yeah, that's not so even, right. not even outrageous. So, here's the things that he got right. fined for. Let's make that, look at the fucking numbers, man. August 12th, 1993, $500,000. Infinity Broadcast Network got fined. Oh, right, $600,000. $600,000 and $500,000. $600,000 December 18th, 1992, and then August 12th, 1993, $500,000. So within a year, a, a
1: six months' time, even. Look, 90 to 2004.
0: But look at that. In one, in one year's time, in six months' time, they get fired $1,100,000. Jeez Louise.
1: Fucking insane, man. Wow. And I wonder what the offenses were it's just language crazy. mostly language
0: i'm sure it's language yeah, or subject sure. matter or potty humor you know fuck man crazy i mean we think about this today in terms of like what we get away with on podcasts oh god oh you, my
1: god total freedom
0: For total freedom and total I, I think freedom. a lot of that was open that door was open because of how it's turned what does it say that it says uh, playing the piano with his penis. <laughs> 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 she recorded the Chris. Okay, let me, let me read this. Uh, WJK JFK FM in Washington DC became the third Infinity Station to air the Howard Stern Show in 1988. Um, Two months later, Ann Stallmell of New Jersey mistakenly tuned her radio (laughs) (laughs) to hear Stern talk about having naked women in for an upcoming show. She recorded... Oh, that was a fucking snitch. She recorded (laughs) the Christmas party broadcast on December 16th that featured a man playing the piano with his penis, Mm. a choir singing about gay sex to the tune of White Christmas and women being hypnotized to achieve orgasm. (laughs) Under the referral of her senator, this fucking crazy lady called a senator and congressman, (laughs) Stummel filed a complaint with transcripts In a tape of the program, the FCC reviewed the evidence and asked Infinity in October 1989 for an explanation, Uh, as the material, in quotes, may have violated federal law by including indecent programming during daytime hours. Isn't that funny? Like, at nighttime, it's okay to get naughty. Yeah. Karmazin argued that the term uh, patently offensive... In its new ruling, was vague, and the sexual references cited were no more offensive than daytime television shows *Geraldo* and *Donahue*, which use similar terms without mm, repercussions. Sure. His response was later rejected. F C C. Yeah. So they, they started finding him back then in '88. I Fucking would imagine
1: crazy. that for terrestrial radio, a lot of that still holds, right? I you, don't bet you, think? you could get away with a lot
0: more now, yeah. and because of him. Because of Howard Stern Because of all the I mean look And he was under the gun man He he stuck to his guns Yeah He kept doing the same program I mean it's It's a vastly different program now But And people criticize him Because of that But look He's a different person Yeah You shouldn't have to do that old show Now He should do whatever he wants
1: Right That's who he is now Right exactly You know But I work for uh, NPR Do this live from here Which was Prairie Home Companion Mm -hmm. And I do this Uh thing on that show and uh they're they have comedians on once in a while and they have musicians and they are really strict I, I, when when a comic is about to go out there he's told 20 times what he can and can't say mm. and it's like really 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 strict and if you violate it if you say the wrong thing they get a fine for every station that it airs on Throughout the network. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So, so if they have a
0: hundred stations, there's a hundred fines.
1: Yes, exactly. <sighs> that is, it's still, it's still really serious, and that's censorship. Six o'clock in the evening, in the East Coast.
0: It's so ridiculous. It's, you know, look, I, I get it if you have a program and it's a rated PG program, and you know this is the way you want it because it's for kids and right. it's for families and stuff like that. But for the government to step in. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It it really is ridiculous. And the fact that this was, you know, that people had to endure this for so long. Right. I mean, mean, like, before Howard Stern, people have to realize there was no one. There was no one like that. There was Don Imus, who was kind of controversial Mm -hmm. in some ways. Yeah, he was. And then Stern, who is just a totally different animal. Yeah, yeah. He opened the door for podcasts, for sure. Yeah. All these outrageous people doing podcasts, he made the roadmap.
1: Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well it showed the there was here's you can come over to this side of the street and no one's gonna mess with you.
0: Well, and when they opened up the door, like what you're on, Sirius Satellite Radio, Sirius Satellite Radio is also responsible for podcasts because they showed that you could do things uncensored. Right. <clears throat> they were the first place yeah first real outlet Sirius XM like yeah. both of them together XM and you know and then they merge
1: right so if you're subscribing to it that means that you're willing to participate you're yeah. paying for it you're well, not it's not like public terrestrial radio where if you just get in your car and it pops on right
0: so if you were right. listening to Opie and Anthony if you were right. listening to Howard Stern like you could hear wild shit right and then podcasts sort of came out of that Right. And like this podcast is directly because of Opie and Anthony, 100%. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because they set it up the way their show was, and you've done it. Yeah. It's a hang. Yeah. You would go in there and everybody would hang out. It right. was real loose. Very loose. Guys would come in, hey, Tom Pop is yeah. here. What's up, Tom? What are you doing? I'm playing cow lines and this and that, making bread. Yeah. And everybody would have a good time and right. just. No, there was no structure to it. Yeah, whereas Stern had much more structure.
1: Yeah, a lot more bits, and we're gonna go into this now, and yeah. that kind of thing. And he was actually a classic radio. Yeah,
0: he was a you know he worked the board and shit. You know he yeah was, he was moving the the dials and stuff. Had writers. And yeah, he had people working for him. It was it was he was more structured Opie and anthony was more of a hang
1: right yeah and
0: then anthony started doing live from the compound he, he had this house <laughs> right in long island and he was uh with a fucking machine gun posing in front of a green screen <laughs> singing karaoke and uh i remember thinking god damn i wish i did that in my house <laughs> like I, I want like that setup right because he, he, right. he had a studio set up at his house and I was yeah like, Fuck, i need one of those because right. he could just anytime he wanted just go live and start talking About things, right? And it would stream on, and you know, the internet was not that good back then, yeah, right? Right? Yeah, all this happened like starting, yeah. I think he was doing it like 2006 or something while he was still
1: on the shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they
0: were giving him a hard time about it, right? They were telling him you can't do that. And he was like, "But it only gets more people to listen to the radio show. Right? It's not going to take anything away from the radio show. Yeah, yeah. Which I definitely agree with.
1: They got fired, right? When they when bunch that, of times with that church thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, they, yeah. With St. Patrick's Cathedral. Yeah, Norton was just here. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. I he was the last guest. Oh, yeah? I love him. He's the best. He's the best. (laughs) He's so quick. He's such a maniac. He's so funny. He's
0: hilarious. Oh, God. But yeah, they got fired, and then he realized how quickly everything can go away, because he was like, fuck, I was out of money. And I think they were fired for like two years. Yeah. They couldn't be in the air in two years. That's right. And so then then they went to Sirius. Right. And they got hired by Sirius, and then, you know.
1: And they had that thing where they would... Do both at the same time mm-hmm. right they started with Sirius, but they were back on terrestrial remember mm-hmm. they would do the walk i did it with them yeah you do the walk you do the, the walk
0: we would do we would broadcast with wireless microphones walking through new york city
1: yeah over. So, to
0: the- yeah it was like a block and a half away so you'd get out they would strap you up with these wireless mics yeah and then we were walking down the street talking it was, it was fucking on great. the air it was great i felt i really felt Fortunate to be a part of that. Like, I yeah. felt like I was a part of history.
1: I know. It felt like there was, it was like, it, it was, that's where the action was for mm-hmm. comedians, too. They yes. made it such a home for comics.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. And anybody, and you look forward to like, there was never a time where I didn't want to do it. You know, right. they were like, oh, I don't want to get up in the morning and do right. this. It was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, because you never knew who there. was yeah. going to be
1: there. Patrice would be in there yeah. and Colin, and that was the Even best. Even
0: when my shows were sold out, I still made it in there. I yeah, was like, of I'm going in there,
1: man. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. It felt
0: like it was a clubhouse. Like, you felt like a part. And you also could be yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like, right. You unabashedly be yourself. You know, Norton's in there talking about trannies and. <laughs> You know, and his experiences with Ladies of the Night and all this crazy shit, and Patrice was ragging on everybody, yeah. and Louis Louie would be there, and Burr would be there. there there's us. Yeah. There's me and little Jimmy.
1: Yeah, that's
3: great. Back in the day. Oh,
0: there's
3: Look Tom. Look at Tom Segura. That's yeah. right.
0: Look at Tom. That's Fat Tom. Fat, Woo! Fat Owl Tom. Tom was heavy then, boy. Woo! And that was when we were... 2005
3: it looks uh, like i was uh, said that you were talking about the Silva leg break in this oh so okay so that was later right. than that
0: yeah because yeah, yeah. that wasn't
1: that's not the xm studio wasn't isn't it that, i don't know
0: maybe it, it seems like it is it's serious yeah it
1: has the wall thing. the glass wall, that glass behind wall is where yeah serious was yeah
0: but that i felt i feel real real fortunate to yeah. be a part of that
1: it was cool yeah it's a good time and anthony when he would latch into something it was this funny as any of the comedians oh he
0: was genius he still is he's still
1: hilarious yeah i haven't heard his new thing very often
0: well it's all the subscription you know uh, he's decided to go to a complete subscription model so that no one could ever fuck with him anymore and pull him off of things Uh, and he has a loyal fan base it's compound media he actually has a, a whole bunch of different shows that people can get from Compound Media, uh, so you right, get a subscription, right. and then you get his show and a bunch of other shows. Right,
1: and, he would just get that glint in his eye when they got yeah. onto a subject, and you just—he was like a like a dog with a little yeah. toy, and just knew he had something.
0: There's a real there's <laughs> a real benefit in what he does. In that the only people that are going to that are people that want to see his show and hear his show. So he can say the most outrageous shit and he's never going to get fired. Yeah. Because if people subscribe or they unsubscribe, it's probably, you know, a wash, you know. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And you know, I'm sure he gains subscribers. Maybe he'll gain subscribers because we're talking about it, but... But it was He's, that
1: interesting thing where they it was the combination of those
0: guys. 100%.
1: You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. over the years, had that rhythm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Opie would lob it in. And then just to see it all break up at the end was really sad.
0: Fuck yeah, it's sad. It, it, they should come back. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Anthony wants to. Yeah, I don't think he would ever want to again.
1: No, it got pretty cantankerous. Uh, yeah, they got—they
0: yeah, got, they don't like each other anymore. Yeah. And it's too bad. I mean, in, in Anthony, on his show, they would shit on... Opie no, and, they would yeah it's yeah. like it got bad yeah it got yeah. ugly <laughs> yeah and then Opie got fired he was doing Opie in Opie gym was he doing yeah. Opie radio Opie radio and then he got fired for filming someone in the bathroom someone right. was taking a shit and he filmed them
1: yep <laughs> which is uh, radio pranks gone awry <laughs> yeah you can't do that <laughs> no um, you, can't. you can't it turns it's, out you can't but it's publicly weird. shame people when they're shitting but if, but if you
0: came like if I was taking a shit and you opened up the door and you go hey you be like, hey, you motherfucker, shut the door. <laughs> right. I would never think you're going to lose your job for that. We would be laughing. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, comes from an innocent place. Yeah. It comes from a place that we would all do something like that.
1: Sophomoric.
0: Yeah. You know. But it, it, it all depends on who it is, right? Yeah. Like, if you had a guy working for you, and you were the boss, and he yeah. was shy, and you filmed him shitting, then it would be... Totally. Yeah. Then it's like, hey, don't yeah. do that.
1: No, there's a, your inner circle of what you right. know it's going to be allowed.
0: But it was like me, and I opened up the door when Jimmy was taking a shit, and I filmed him, you know, he'd right. be s- screaming and laughing at me, and it would be fun. Right. It wouldn't, you know, the we're equals. Trans, we never, yeah. trans
1: girls just yeah. spilling out of the stall. Out, out, out of the, the, the fucking, stall. yeah, <laughs> the drop ceiling. <laughs> Oh, hey, Joe. Yeah. he's it, Little lizard man in there. But there's there was a
0: thing that you could get on that show where it was yeah. just, it was so wild and loose. We had this, do you remember Stalker Patty? Yes. Stalker yep. Patty, we, I had these pot breath strips, right? Uh-huh. And if you took one of these breath strips, it would literally put you in another dimension. They were so goddamn strong. Oh, really? I gave Segura one on a plane and when it landed, he goes, I almost, I almost asked to be taken off the plane. <laughs> I go, Are you serious? He goes, yeah. I was, uh, I was like, I was, I can't do this. Oh, no. I go, come on, man, really? Goes, I-, I go, I took it too. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I goes, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that. He goes, before the plane took off, it had already kicked in, and I was on the runway. And I was saying, I got to get oh, off this plane. No. I, I got to get off this plane. I can't do this. Oh, I got to get off this plane.
1: The worst feeling in the world. And we were
0: flying to Florida, right? Oh, so we flew. <laughs>
1: the worst feeling in the
0: world. So anyway, Stalker Patty was there, and we gave her a regular Listerine breast trip. And told her uh, that it was a a, a pot breath trip, and, she, and so she started having these psychosomatic hallucinations. She, <laughs> she started believing she was hallucinating. Hilarious. So Ari stood in front of her with his balls out of his pants. <laughs> He pulled his balls out of his pants and zipped up everything else. So it would just be a sack. Just sack and, out. And so they were in. Ari was like, uh, "Do you, Are you hallucinating? Do you see anything? And she's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. He's like, What? What's going on? What? What's happening? And she started seeing things that weren't there. And oh, it was just it God. was so
1: ridiculous. It's hilarious. But again, you could. <laughs> no fine. There's Stalker Patty. And that's not that's getting
0: fined. That's it. Stalker Patty trips out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Look at you. Look at you. What year is that? Well, Since I, I had most hair. Seven, yeah, you had hair?
0: Uh, so it was probably 2009, 8, yeah. 7. <laughs> somewhere in there. I think I shaved my head 2011 or 12. Well, um, But he's, uh, you know, or she... You know was a regular on the show and she was like a legitimate crazy person yeah and they would have her on and yeah you know they would have all kinds of wacky that's people. from the
1: stern model too yeah. the whack back and mm-hmm. all that stuff you know yeah
0: oh yeah he opened up the door for
1: all that stuff <laughs>
0: right yeah i mean they always had these wacky radio characters and it kind of kept that ball rolling
1: yeah it's such a weird thing because they're like you know they're obviously there's a segment of the audience that's laughing at them but they're so grateful to be part of the show yeah you know and they 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 It gives their life a little bit of a meaning.
0: The weird thing is it's not that long ago, man. Well, you know, we're talking about 15 years ago. The world was a completely different place.
1: I know. Completely. I know.
0: There was was nothing like podcasts.
1: But what's amazing, like we started the conversation talking about the public access stuff with Mm -hmm. Uncle Floyd. Like there's always been that thing for funny, odd people to try and get out there and do their thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's endless it never mm-hmm. stops like it's it's inspiring there's like this force to just be silly and yes. go out there and try and communicate with other silly people and that all this media is changing but that thing everyone's still uncle floyd well, and robin bird
0: there's now um i was having a conversation with my manager today and she was telling me there's now 900,000 podcasts what there are 900,000 ranked podcasts out there that are regular podcasts that are being done. There's only 300 million plus people in this country, right? Right. Whatever it is, 320 million. Yeah. So there's 900, so there's almost like... One in three people have a podcast. Oh my! God. Almost, <laughs> it's like so crazy. <laughs> January brings flurry of releases, pushing podcast tally past nine hundred thousand. How many of those Whoa. am I responsible for inspiring? I, <laughs> I need to know because I tell everybody to do a podcast. Like how many? Yeah, I, I, I would. I will claim two hundred thousand. Yeah, I think. No, it's probably like a hundred thousand. But even that, God, is nuts. That's amazing. It's a lot of fucking people out there making podcasts. And- it's
1: like, you know, it's the same as Twitter. It's like, right? Everybody has a voice. You can just have a voice. You can and- just create a mic, get a mic, and you have one. Yes. Right?
0: And here's the thing. Like, if you're good... It'll grow. Yeah, I mean, it's really that simple. Right. Like, if anybody wants advice on podcasts, the one thing I say is be consistent. Right. Just grind. You Just have to grind. You grind. Put them out all the time. Is that way people know they can count on them. Right. As soon as you disappear for a while, you lose people. Yeah. As soon as you take time off, you lose people. As that soon as happened dis- on
1: mine. We my my buddy was like off for a couple of weeks, and it was and we. And you could feel it.
0: Yeah, you lose your momentum. Yeah. and, th- and then you lose the people that yeah. are addicted to it and then they find something else. They go to this one or that one. They're just yeah. you know you see the number, nine hundred thousand so that's many amazing. people.
1: Yeah. Crazy. That is crazy. Just out there talking about everything. Mm-hmm. It's a different world.
0: And you can use that world in a beneficial way. Like, Mm -hmm. people get things out of it. Like, in this podcast, I've had so many interviews with inspirational people. I know. People like David Goggins and Cam Haynes and and all all these folks that have really inspired people to change their life. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I mean, so many people that have inspired people to take chances and change their lives.
1: Don't you feel like we're in this cultural moment where people are... Actively trying to go further, like yes. we're always doing that, right? We're always progressing as yes. a species. We're always doing that, but it seems like there is a there's a bump right now. Like yes, there's an an acceleration. Yes. happening where people are really not only thirsty for it, but also participating in it. For sure, and you can only think it's going to it's going to leap us further a lot a lot quicker.
0: Well, it's definitely. It's definitely opening up conversations that people wouldn't have normally had. And it's it's one of the reasons why it's so valuable right now is because this is a weird time for humans communicating because so many people are communicating electronically. Yeah. So many people are sending text messages and emails and not not talking to each other for long periods of time face to face. Yeah. Like you and I have been friends for years, but yeah. our biggest conversations we have are on this podcast. For sure. I mean, we have dinners yeah. together and stuff like that, but yeah. sitting in a podcast studio, you're locked in. It's right. It's just staring at each other across a desk is very unusual way to talk
1: yeah and you're also freed up to ask each other things that you normally don't ask
0: and we have jamie to make sure that we're not talking shit that's
1: a little (laughs) weird it's a little weird that he's leering over there he's he's (laughs) crucial he's shopping for toasters right now he's the world champion googler
0: people from google want him to come in and teach them how to google i believe it i'm not joking man oh really people have asked him to come in like how are you what are you doing like people people watch the show what the fuck is he doing how's he doing it like that jamie's the goat yeah getting it done he's the greatest one-handed googler in the history of the universe like you probably are one of the best one-handed typers ever because you always have to type with one hand
3: yeah, you have probably developed a new skill. I'm in a mindset when I'm here. It's like a, it's, urban, it's an
2: energy you yeah. can't right. recreate it yeah. in other
3: places.
0: Well, that's what's crazy. It's like you anticipate what we're thinking, and then you pull up the thing before I go. Can you pull up? A, oh, there it is.
1: Yeah, like you, it was weird. I had my he had my ghost up there before I was done talking about it. I've well, been Tom mm. Papa Ghost. It comes right up.
0: <laughs> Here's the problem. The Here's the problem with ghosts. Those ghost shows.
1: Well, yes, those ghost shows are bullshit. A hundred percent.
0: One of those guys got in trouble recently because he made a ghost book and he like pr- plagiarized a bunch of shit. <laughs> really? Like, like, bl- bl- like blatant, like copy and paste. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jeez. Yep. It's just, Theater ghosts are, the, are some of my favorite in theaters. When you go, right? When you go perform in these theaters oh. and you talk to the people, I always asked, "Do you have a ghost?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a little boy I was in. Where was I? Oshkosh. Oshkosh. And there was an old theater and the guy who runs the theater said, you know, we've had this legendary they keep talking about. There's like three ghosts in the thing and they're having a cocktail party upstairs in this like cocktail lounge off the balcony. And his son, this guy's son ran into the balcony and he's talking with people. He goes, I got to go get him. And he goes in there and the kids leaning over the balcony, talking to the stage, having a conversation with someone. He's like, yeah, no. You no, know, that oh, this is my dad. What he wants us to go down there? <laughs> Who wants us to go? That guy. He wants us to go down there. <laughs> there was no one down there.
0: The thought about that with little kids is that little kids have not dulled all of their senses with the pressures of the world mm-hmm. and all the other information that we carry around in our heads and all of our. Ideas of what's real and what's not real, and that little kids are open yeah. more, and then they could see things. Well, um, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was talking about that with his son. That his son is like, uh, I think it was Flea. Yeah, but his son is like uh, tuned in to spirits in a way, and uh-huh. that that he was looking at. It was like maybe it's that these kids are not like maybe we all have that in us, but it's blunted right. by pressures and life and the lack of sleep and responsibilities and relationships and yeah. work
1: and, and fear
0: yeah like, and everything and right it's just, and and also like we define how the world is right we we get it in our head that this these are the parameters for the world yeah. this is how the world works and that's it and go to work and fucking button up your fucking right. sleeves and <laughs> right there's my beliefs know? yes yeah. my
1: belief system is going to carry me through
0: yeah I mean, yeah this is what it is it's a fact right. it is
1: you know that's why it's good to smoke it up once in a while oh yeah kick the doors open
0: that's one of my favorite things about pot yeah is it it makes you aware of how weird things actually really truly are yeah when you don't weird things are when
1: you don't do it for a long time and then do it yeah which is like my schedule uh you take it makes you look at everything you all your structure that you've Mm -hmm. formed over the last whatever amount of time and you're like you see it from another, just from another perspective. It just yeah. makes you look at it and be like, "Oh, well, that's kind of unnecessary. That's kind of yeah, douchey. Yeah. <laughs> that's par- that's Easily. fun. That's on. Easily you know.
0: opens those doors too. Just whoo.
1: Hey, when uh, when you're saying you're reading all those books about the Native Americans, and yeah. stuff, did they talk about their
0: Pay- spiritual stuff? Yeah, they're they're well, certainly they had a lot of spiritual stuff, but there's a lot of uh, peyote rituals they're really into peyote and they actually it particularly was important at the end of the uh, native americans free range when mm-hmm. they got they all got you know, conquered and moved into reservations, right. then the peyote rituals became increasingly important for them. Oh really? Yeah. Why, why then? Because they are fucking filled with despair. Right. Dude, the the stories of the reservations are one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever read anywhere about anything. Like yeah. massive amounts of people dying from starvation and disease. And, you know, it's horrible, man. People yeah. losing like most of their kids, oh. most of their family members. And, you know, the, the amount of people that are left, You know, like Native American reservations, I don't know how many people live on them, but I don't don't think there's any growth or population boom. It's not like there's a bunch of, you know what I mean? Like the Native American cities are growing inside these reservations and they're becoming more and more uh, affluent. It's not happening.
1: they're destroyed.
0: Oh, the fucking alcoholism too. And it talked about that in um, uh, Black Elk, uh, Life of an American Visionary, the most recent one that I'm reading. They're talking about, just the alcoholism and that all they were converting all these uh, native americans to catholicism right and how they just yeah. hated being native american they felt so terrible about okay. it because it was just they, their identity was just so disparaged by you know just being conquered and moved into reservations and extreme poverty and they would see these other people and they'd be like these people look happy and healthy and you know and then they're forcing this religion on them and- uh,
1: the the most heartbreaking when you'd see those old photos where they were putting them in in traditional dress yeah. like making them all of a sudden wear suits and ties and shoes and yeah. hats it was like oh uh, it's so sad
0: it's fucked up man yeah. it's it's one of. i mean i always knew it was fucked up but the genocide of the Native American people is one of the most overlooked parts of, of our history. We kind of like brush it aside. Like we're aware of it, but we don't discuss it all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, they killed like 90% of them with disease. Intentionally? No. Just, no, just exposure to Europeans. Oh, really? Yeah. Like some, Small some tribes, and- 90% of them were wiped out because of smallpox and all sorts of other diseases. Oh, jeez. They had no defense for it.
1: Yeah. Just these people show up, covering yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's awful. How do you? How do you? I have a daughter that's going to, going to school. She's going to college. Be going to college. Yeah. Dun dun dun. And uh, so she's learning all about the world, like mm-hmm. all the darkness of the world. Yeah. You know, you mean all you have to do is read history, and not just you know our history. Globally, it's just a it's a nasty, nasty tale. Yeah. And I feel though that I it's. I want to like prep her before she goes even deeper when she goes away to the schools and starts learning about it even even uh, more intensely. You could tell like I don't want her to lose hope. You know what I mean? Like there's it's a very very dark upsetting thing to learn about, but you have to kind of realize we're at least muddling through it. Mm -hmm. We're we're trying we we are progressing. We are conscious of that history. Right. So don't lose hope. You know what I mean? Like, I'm afraid to send her out there without that armor in a way.
0: Yeah. Don't lose hope is huge, right? Huge. Find, find good people. They're out there. Find nice people. They're out there. Especially, you know, I think people are very scared today. hmm And I think this is a, a, a pivotal time with with human beings. There's so much change Right. So much change culturally and there's so much change, you know, just in the world.
1: Well, you're shifting and it's also tearing down like all the institutions that carried us for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. Right. Those things are no longer really important in this in. The world, like churches, have fallen off, and sure. sense of community. Just the town squares, sure. you know, are isolated, and so it's it's all of this shift. Yeah, and that's whenever there's that shift and change in anything, even in your own life, when you have to move, all of a sudden your world is a little rocky and shaken. It's like it feels like the the planet is about to move. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like well, we're all also, packing our boxes.
0: It doesn't feel like there's any official structures anymore that are valid, like news. Where do you get your news? Yeah. Who's more full of shit, CNN or Fox? Like It's like, where's the news coming from? I don't, right. There's no one place where you can say, like, these guys aren't biased. Yeah. This is not, you know. This is the
1: one guy that is no. telling it straight.
0: Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> no place like that, right? So how do you know what's really going on in the world? It's, yeah. It's about, and, and also no one's watching. Those goddamn news shows are dropping off. Late night television, dropping off. Everything's dropping off. No one's watching. No one's paying attention to that shit anymore. Right, So all these structures that used to be, there are primary places to go for entertainment and being informed. Mm -hmm. And one of the weirdest things is people rely on folks like me. Yeah. Like, hey, don't do that right i'm not not the place to go you want to hear some people talking shit yeah you can come to me (laughs) but if you you want to be informed listen i'll I'll guide you in the
1: right direction i'll tell
0: you where where i go or i'll tell you who to listen to but don't listen to me right i have way too much on my plate and i'm not really paying that much attention
1: yeah you had that light shown on you last week right yeah that was uh, adorable you know it's always fun it's not funny but we always talk about you know at, at some point the they're going to do it at some point they're going to say evil stuff everyone gets their turn yeah.
0: oh for sure to be yeah. try
1: to be knocked down yeah right well
0: that's what cancel culture is all about right and it's this thing you looking to just only look at the worst aspects of someone exaggerate those magnify them and ignore everything else right the thing about it though is it's really difficult for people to swallow now because they know what that is you know pe- most people who listen to the show yeah I mean there's been 1500 plus episodes. They know what the fuck it actually is. Well
1: that was what was cool about all of the comments in defense of you in the show it was like it was like this person had never heard the show. <laughs> like you couldn't yeah. you couldn't you can't listen to this show without understanding the openness and the diverse um, uh, the 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 acceptance of diverse points of view. That well, and so
0: also comedy like you can't take comedy and take it out of quote, out of context and put it in quotes. Take a section of a bit yeah. and use it as evidence of homophobia or transphobia right. or anything else, you know. And it's it's disingenuous, and they don't realize that by doing that, they're just making people distrust them more that's right. all they're doing mm-hmm. you're not going to convince someone that hey you know this show that you love that you listen to this guy all the time yeah. is actually evil <laughs> right. he's actually plotting <laughs> against gay people and trans people and yeah it's and everybody else that's protected and sacred in this world yeah it's, you know
1: yeah no it is amazing though but I, it, the, the comedy and comedians have kind of filled the void of a lack of grown-ups around you know what I yeah. mean? Like you're like it used to be Walter Cronkite or that Evening News, and that's where you got it. And then you saw Johnny Carson or whatever doing the funny stuff, right? Things <laughs> and now, need to be mocked. <laughs> yeah, they do, including they do. us. Yeah, right, of course. Mocked. Everything
0: needs to be mocked. Yeah, we, it's one of the great things about comics is we mock each other. We're always busting balls. We're the always best. talking shit to each other. It's, <laughs> <Right>? it's hilarious. <laughs> it's,
1: it's the best. It's fun. <laughs> right? Exactly. And
0: we actually enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I think it'll all turn around. It'll all come back around. I think what we're, we're experiencing right now is just a shifting of our focus, yeah. Uh, as a as a culture, and these things that used to be important, like sitting around the radio listening to the the evening news, that yeah. shit is non-existent anymore. Nope. Nobody sits around the the radio, <laughs> trying to find out what's happening in the world. Like yeah. the whole the whole family, like listening to yeah. the radio. Bet when they were doing that, they couldn't have imagined anything different.
1: Yeah, but you do. I do. Uh, I do crave, and my wife craves a connection. It's, it's like, what are you listening to? Or what right. are you watching? Like, yeah. what are you listening to when you're going out? Right. Oh, I'm listening to This American Life. Well, yeah. I, I'm listening to Jordan Peterson. Well, all right, so I guess we're not going to have something to talk about tonight. Yeah. But we should both listen to this one mm-hmm. so you can come back and talk about it and have, you know, we're both thinking about the same things. It's kind of a cool that commu- sense of community. Yeah. You know. Do you guys have a show that you both watch? Um, We've been watching Schitt's Creek lately. What's Schitt's Creek? Schitt's Creek is hilarious. Really? No, Schitt's Creek. No, never heard of it. It got picked up by Netflix. It's over. It's or it's. I think they've shot the last, or they're shooting the last. But Eugene Levy, Levy, Levy. Oh, okay. Him and his son Dan created this show about a rich family who uh, loses their fortune and ends up in this small town.
0: Oh, I think I have heard of this.
1: It's so funny. Have we ever talked about Catherine that? Catherine O'Hara no. is on it, and oh, okay. and um, is two other actresses that are just killer. They're just such defined characters. It's a very small show. It all takes place in this little shitty town, Schitt's Creek, and they're they they're like these affluent, arrogant kids and parents, and it is so it just hits. The jokes are just fast and cutting. Nice. It's such a good. show. Oh, it really is good. It's, All right, it's the first thing that I we've watched in a long time. I haven't we haven't been watching anything for a so. it long Used to time. be
0: on Pop TV, and yeah. then Netflix bought it. Is yeah, that what it is?
1: Exactly. All right. Yeah. Shit's Creek, and that that's father and son created it together, and they're just so damn funny wow look at those eyebrows look at the matching eyebrows <laughs> and katherine o'hara is just on point she's so damn funny oh
0: all right man good i'm, it's I'm good. excited
1: and I, they're kind of short you know they're, they're easy to digest
0: i was into mrs Maisel, but the last season i started off kind of clunky i haven't gotten back to it
1: yeah and i i, I feel like i should watch that i one.
0: watched the first two seasons i really enjoyed it but it's uh, it's hard you know it's it, it's one of those things where it's it's so close to home because it's comedy, stand up, yeah. yeah.
1: And then, how's the Lenny Bruce? He's very
0: good. He's good. Yeah, he's very good. It's very believable. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was just talking to Kevin Pollak. He's uh, he's yeah. on that show. Yeah.
0: No, he's the dad. Yeah. He's
1: great. He's really great. Um, I listened to a Lenny Bruce thing recently. Um, um, what's it called? It's on YouTube. It's a it's a re- it's the It was an album that someone put out about Lenny Bruce, the killing of Lenny Bruce, oh. and it all it talks all about it's some new stuff that I had never heard, like his young daughter talking at the time and talking about the court case, similar to the you know Howard Stern thing, like mm-hmm. the case just that devoured him, yeah, that and the heroin, mm-hmm. uh, which is also you know suspect of. Were they trying to get rid of this guy, kind of a thing, right? But it was a very interesting little documentary, audio documentary about the fall of of Lenny Bruce, and you talk about just you know you're it's such it's almost cliche how legendary that story is, but just to be reminded of how completely alone he was, just using just having people show up in a comedy club, not even a club, just a, a nightclub, because there were no comedy clubs. That he was that brave to keep going, to keep speaking, while the whole government was coming to squash him like a bug. They were arresting him. The, the, the bravery of that yeah. is astounding. Astounding.
0: And like Howard Stern, he opened up the door to all of us. I mean, that, Completely. Guy, that guy opened up the door to all stand-up. And He, this is, he created the art form, essentially, because it wasn't, yeah. wasn't the same when he left. It was different.
1: It was different. Before it, him,
0: it was jokes.
1: Right. Jokes, jokes. And, right? Exactly,
0: and he it became cultural commentary,
1: right? From him. talking about religion, talking yeah. about the government, sex, yeah, love, all of it. Loss. Here is an interesting thing that I was, I was like, so what happened when he died? Like, so he dies in I believe sixty-seven or sixty-nine, and I was like, so what was the next thing? Like, if they were really clamping down on him, it was only four years later that Carlin's case for the seven dirty words came up. Hmm. It was that close. Wow. That in my head I always thought that was a much different era. Yeah. That Carlin was much later than but it was only 4 years later that they were still attacking. So he kind of you know picked up the the fight in a way. Mm. Is that remarkable?
0: It is remarkable. Yeah, Carlin was arrested several times as well.
1: Right, he was pulled off stage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just for speaking.
0: And again, what is that? 40 years ago? Not that long ago. No.
1: You know? I know. Amazing. Like, if they could see what was going on any night in any club, mm-hmm. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. They would be. Astounded. Oh, my God.
0: If you could bring Lenny Bruce to the comedy store on a Friday night, he'd be like, Holy shit. <laughs>
1: what the hell? Yeah, he'd
0: be like, I got to up up my game. I'm not <laughs> <Right>? offensive enough.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you can't get arrested yeah. at all anymore. Yeah. I mean, watch Brian Holtzman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he'd be like, Whoa, you can say so much. Yeah, you say anything. Where are the cops? Yeah. But he. Uh, but it is pretty cool. You can get it on YouTube. Listen to The Killer. Oh, okay. Cool. Bruce.
0: Yeah, I've I've listened to a bunch of his old stuff. It's weird. It's weird how comedy is... uh It has a lifespan. It really does. It, it really doesn't work. It doesn't. Culturally, things are so different that the taboos have been broken to the point where it's what he's saying is... It's normal.
1: It's like a museum piece. Yeah. You listen to that album, uh, Carnegie Hall, Lenny Bruce Carnegie yes. Hall.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And... Uh, it's cool, like to hear the way he talks and the yeah. stuff and the and he, his style and all that. But as comedy to make you laugh, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, it's just a different. He it's had of a the couple moment. of
0: bits that are still valid. He had uh, one bit that he did about uh, gay people, where he's like, uh, "It's illegal to be gay, right? <laughs> so what do they do? They take you and they arrest you and they put you in jail with a bunch of men who want to have sex with you." <laughs> I mean, it's it's valid today yeah. to this day. I mean, <laughs> right. obviously, so it's not it. illegal to be gay anymore. But yeah, no, there's, there's crazy as that, yeah. that it was gay sex was in many places not legal then, right? Which is fucking insane, mind blowing,
1: yeah. mind blowing, insane in our lifetime, in
0: our lifetime. Yeah. So weird, yeah, so
1: strange. So the guy who plays him in, in Miss Maisel is very he's good. good, very good, yeah, yeah.
0: very believable, yeah. yeah. Oh, Dustin cool. Hoffman's the best, Lenny Bruce though. Did you ever see Lenny? Yeah, of
1: course. He's
0: fucking amazing. Yeah. And I think that's the best version of an actor portraying
1: a stand-up comedian. Right. What about Tom Hanks and Punchline? What about... (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: Sally Fields crushed him. I, I, I didn't buy it. I mean I guess Tom could have seemed he, he seemed a little bit like a comic. He did.
1: He seemed like an eighties comic. Yeah. He, he yeah. pulled it off. They, like a Wayne it Potter type guy. Yeah. It wasn't him that was the problem with that movie. It was the right stuff around it yeah the locker room and yeah, the, all the locker room was hilarious. yeah. they all met
0: in the locker room like, yeah oh, go blah, blah. up and do their
1: thing oh the locker room imagine you had to get
0: changed to do comedy like what why do we need a locker room imagine if the store just put in a locker room hey guys we have a locker room for you now like be what so great why are we taking off our clothes putting on my show clothes do you guys have cameras here what the fuck are you doing yeah this is my outfit yeah the um the scenes of, like, the the actual clubs themselves were interesting because I saw Punchline mm-hmm. when I was an open micer. I think Punchline came out in 89. Is that uh, correct? Sounds... a yeah, I bet it's earlier.
1: 89. I <laughs> think
0: 88. It, it 87.
1: Had,
0: it had to be around 88. Is that it? 87? October
1: 88. 88? October 88. Nice. Okay,
0: so that was right when I started because I started August of 88. So it was right, right after I started. Right, and I remember thinking, "Wow!" I was like, "It was so romantic to just to be involved in this thing." Uh-huh. And I'd only been doing it for a couple months at that point in time, so I just, just signing up on Sunday nights for open mic night and getting my feet wet. But yeah. I remember watching that movie. They just, I, I loved everything about stand up then. I was yeah. so excited about comedy. Yeah, you know, that there's oh, a movie about comedy now. Ooh, so excited! And were you
1: disappointed, or were you into it at the time? I didn't think it
0: was very funny.
1: Right, like I didn't laugh. Right, like
0: there was there was no moments in that movie where I was like ha ha ha.
1: Yeah, but I always remembered the part that excited me was when they were in the diner in the middle of the day. Mm. Like she came, comes to Tom to f- get jokes and stuff, and I was just like, how cool is that? You're, they they they're not in an office. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of the day, and they're just yes. at a diner. That seems yes. so exciting. Freedom, to me. freedom. Yeah. freedom. <laughs>
0: Oh, just show up and go to the movies with your friends. I used to love that. Yeah. I used to love it. but have families and responsibilities. I'd love to call one of my buddies up. Hey, what are you doing, man? Want to go to the movies? Fuck yeah, let's go to the movies. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Hanging out with your buddies at like 2 in the afternoon at the movie theater. Nobody else is in there. <laughs> the best. Laughing.
1: I The very first day that I, I quit my day job, I was in New York, and I finally was a full-time comedian. And I walked up to Central Park with my buddy. And it was packed on a Tuesday, just packed with people. And I remember being so disappointed, like, what are you? What, this is all, it should only be comedians right now Where do you, how do all you people have off from work <laughs> I'm like oh other people can figure it out too to get a day off
0: <laughs> well when you're in LA and it's like 2 in the afternoon and you're on the road and it's fucking jammed up with people like, where are you people going yeah
1: why isn't everybody at work right now
0: you should, you should all be in the office
1: you fucks <laughs>
0: what's yeah. wrong with you that, that is like one of the more attractive aspects of comedy to people is that freedom, but that's also that freedom that was one of the reasons why so many comics are so irresponsible and lazy yeah. it's because they have that freedom, <laughs> Yeah, that they don't actually sit down and work.
1: Yeah, Like how
0: many of us have actually, like you've written a book, Norton's written a couple books, how many comics have actually written books?
1: Yeah, it's
0: Fucking, that is the real test of whether or not you have discipline, right? <laughs> right,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Write a book. Yeah, no. To sit in there every day and do it, but how long did your book take? I this is my second book. That's right. And they take they take a, about a, I don't know. I guess like all in probably two years.
0: Do you enjoy the process? I or love do
1: you it. Enjoy the completion of it.
0: What do you enjoy more?
1: Uh the process of it. Really? Yeah, I love. There's something about the routine when I can get locked into the routine mm. of. This is how I – it's almost like it creates a – the routine creates a, a, a space for your creativity in a way. So if I get up at 7 and roll in there with my coffee and sit at the desk and open it up and go to work and know that this is happening now, good or bad, yeah. that routine, that they, it's giving – it's like going to church. Right. It's like this is the time when this happens, right? This is the time when the writing is going to happen. It's, it could be a week of horrible days. But then all of a sudden, a couple great days happen, yeah, I just love that discipline of it, mm. and then just going to work on it and and then playing with the words and then revising it and revising it and revising it and i I love it i l- that part of it really surprised me that this is a a very comfortable, cool place to be, and I could spend years here
0: mm that's, actually, <laughs> that's great that's a great thing to be really into doing because it's so productive you know Yeah. do you write stand up do you write stand up like that as well do you sit down and write stand up in front of your computer
1: um yeah not from whole cloth like not from out of the blue Mm -hmm. if i can double up my cliches it's um but like mostly i'll rewrite i'll Mm. i will rewrite stuff like if if i try something out on stage tonight and then uh have an idea listen to it or just remember it and then I'll kind of noodle around with it and see if I can go further with it actually writing. Mm. Yeah.
0: So where do you come up with your premises? Are they just just random observations throughout the day, Thought random thoughts while you're driving? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Something somebody says, some ridiculous thing that you saw somebody do. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, on your mind, stuff that's kind of on your mind. And then, like, if I'll get, like, we were talking about the tree, like, all of a sudden you're getting that joke that I was watching the other night. Mm-hmm. You start getting that thing down. And then your mind almost starts to think about it all in its downtime. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And then all of a sudden you start to to pop it up. But I, I have lost so much thinking I was going to be able to remember it that I just started writing more. Mm. I just started putting it down. I just started writing. And, and it's been a real savior because there'd be whole things like that were valuable that I just let go because – I just didn't remember or got into the routine of performing it. But if I could have it down, I was able to keep track of it and go further with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's gigantic. I I use a, a couple different programs, but one of them is called Scrivener.
1: To, to right, use that no, you one. told me about that.
0: What I really like about that is I set up my premises on the left side, so all my premises, and then when I click on them, it shows me the, the whole bit. Yeah. And I just started doing that over the last like three, four years. Yeah. Like really writing out all the bits and then having them categorized and is yeah, yeah. apparently there's a way to set up Microsoft Word like Scrivener which would be way easier because Microsoft Word is my preferred way to write mm-hmm. because they're saved also on an app on my phone. Right. So when I write Bits on Microsoft Word, uh, write it, and then I'll just go to my phone, right. and I can pull up my Microsoft Word. So you're program. in the club Just take the yeah, yeah, phone yeah. out; you can see
1: everything you've been yeah, writing. Yeah, exactly. That's huge. It's huge. It's, it's huge. huge. Pages does that too. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, also on my iPhone, the Notes application. Yeah. So I'll copy and paste shit into Notes.
1: Yeah. Now it's I I really feel like, and I think that's what writing the books did was it made me realize the uh, the real value in getting it down it could always get better like yeah. i would get it, i would get it really good to a point mm-hmm. but then realizing like you, this stuff even though it's killing could even be better yeah always it could always right mm-hmm. and 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 the moves the changes that happen at that stage are so small mm-hmm. that to me is like the the, the writing that yeah. that's the smallness of it
0: Yeah, those little pauses, those little beats, those little extra one extra word.
1: Yeah, right. Boom, just a change of word. Yeah. Yeah, Well,
0: I have that feeling too when I watch someone. Someone will say something, just one word. and I'm like, Like, (laughs) ah, there's something about one thing that shifts it. Yeah.
1: Oh man, you know who's really making me laugh yesterday in the car was uh, Cat Williams. Oh, he's hilarious. God. so crazy he doesn't get spoken of enough because he's Uh, so crazy i think but man that he just you know people just hit you right Mm -hmm. and he was just going off about uh the election and Trump running and all of this kind of stuff, and I don't care what side you're on, this was – he would just destroy you. Yeah. He was just – the way he talks, and when you talk about the words, that's why it popped mm-hmm. into my head, he pulls words out that I would never think of using, yes. and he just yes. says them in, the, in his style. God, is he a naturally funny
0: God. Oh, I don't know if it's natural, but he's definitely funny. And you know oh, man, when, he's, oh, man. when he was more active, when he was really touring a lot, like during the Pimp Chronicle days, yeah. he was one of the best in the world. Oh my God, one of the best in the world. He was a monster. All Go that- on stage to destroy. <laughs>
1: All that Michael Jackson stuff Oh my god That stuff
0: was so good (laughs) So good And dangerous at the time I know Because people hadn't come to grips With this idea That Michael Jackson was a pedophile He did not care Especially not in the black community And he was out there Just fucking (laughs) swinging for the fences
1: It's so good Oh my god Oh he really makes me laugh He's
0: a straight up killer But I think For most folks The pressure Of that high level celebrity Mm -hmm. Is overwhelming It just It just fucks with you Yeah It just fucks with you Yeah it could wear you down and break you down, like it did with Chris Tucker. It did, mm-hmm. it did with Martin Lawrence. It did, you know. It does with a lot of these great comics. Yeah, a lot of guys. It's that a weird thing. It's fucking very weird. There's the pressure of that many people coming to see you, that mm-hmm. many people relying on you, that many people like waiting for you to fail, that many people hating on you. Yeah, you know, and and then he clearly there was some substances involved with him. Sure. You know, like he had some shows where he would just go on stage and start yelling at someone in the front row and then leave. Yeah, like, right, exactly. He did that. I think <laughs> it was in times. Oakland. He just went on stage and someone heckled him, he's like, "Fuck you, bitch." And it's like going going crazy at this <laughs> one guy. I'm not doing this tonight. <laughs> and then he got off stage. And it's fucking, you know, it's 5,000 people there to see him. I was like, yeah. "What? You can't just leave?"
1: Uh, <laughs> do you feel that pressure the bigger the, the
0: this
1: I gets? Do, Yeah,
0: maybe, I do, but I also feel see, extra love. Like it's happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice, man. That's good. I But I'm also aware that other people have fallen into these holes, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm, I've benefited from the fact that these people have kind of carved this path and showed me where the holes are, uh-huh. you know, and also, I, I, it's, you know, like, I'm definitely crazy, right? Sure. Is, I definitely have some mental health issues, but I'm also... I'm very thoughtful in meaning that I think a lot about things, and I yeah. spend a lot of time alone, just trying to look at things like an outside observer. Right. Trying to look at things like how would I, if I was me, but mm-hmm. not me, look at me, and what would I say to me? Like how right. how would I how would I tell myself to gain the proper perspective? How That's would I evaluate my situation correctly? Right. How would I? How would I proceed? What would I do? What would I say? Man, I wish I had done this. Uh-huh. Why don't I do that now? Right. You know, that kind of shit.
1: That's good. That's it, so much of it, of figuring stuff out is being conscious of it, mm-hmm. right? Being yeah. aware that I've got a problem going on or mm-hmm. I have to, right? If you're, mm-hmm. that means you're thinking about it. Yeah. The thoughtfulness with everything, with your diet, with yeah. with your family. If As long as you're constantly thinking about it, right. You'll, you're you giving correct. yourself a chance to yeah, you can correct take your the path. right. Yeah, yeah, right,
0: right. You can correct your mistakes and correct yeah. your path. And there's no way you're not going to make mistakes, especially if you're putting out as much content as I do. Yeah. There's no way. And as, doing as many shows as I do, there's, it's, I, so I've accepted that. And I've also accepted that these moments of adversity, I always come out on the other end a better person, a better comic, a better, yeah. better everything. You yeah. Know, better human.
1: And the cool thing is, too, that, The you'd have to, you'd have to almost you'd have to change exactly who you are for for it all to turn because it's not that a network is going to tell you that you did something wrong and take the wrong stance or misinterpret you. It's really your audience. It's that it's that relationship with them, and they know what you're about. You know what I mean? Like that's the beautiful
0: thing about not having a job,
1: job, right? Like you could say something that you even didn't mean, and as long as your fans who know and love you. Give you a pass, then it's okay. Then it's going to be okay. And
0: I've definitely done that. I've definitely said some shit I shouldn't have said. Yeah, but some when of, you some said of, that
1: you wouldn't eat my bread, I eat that bread. was really I'll weird. Eat it right now,
0: I <laughs> got. A, you brought a knife. You set it up. I didn't. That was Jamie's. Well, doing. This is one of our sponsors. This is a this is a kamikoto knife. This is a beautiful Japanese knife. Look at that bitch. Wow my god! Basically a sword. Is it heavy? No, I mean it's really well made. These are dope, Jeez. dope kitchen
1: knives. It's not serrated, though. Do you have well, good kitchen knives? I figured it. I could cut bread, though. Yeah.
0: Cut the shit out of some bread. <laughs> Do you have uh, a good knife set at home?
1: Um, I've got good random knives.
0: Oh, well, I'm going to hook you up. Yeah? Because, yeah, I've got. they sent me uh, a couple of these. Ooh, look at that. Look that at is that. a good knife. Oh, fuck yeah, baby. Look at that. <laughs> right through. Look
3: at that bread.
1: Look at that
0: Come glorious on. bread. Come oh, on.
1: Fuck this carnivore diet.
0: <laughs> Let's get in there, baby. This is Tom Papa uh, bread. Come on, son.
1: I want to start. I want to try eating meat. For Jamie and I were talking before this thing. Meat? We're like, yeah. Could we're, you do it? I don't. Yeah, I think I could. Is it is it A hard to do? Oh, no, thank you.
0: It's not hard. Pardon our chewing, ladies. Do you Gemma. get bored? Mm-mm.
1: You're okay with it. Mm. <laughs> come on.
0: When does this come out of the oven?
3: Um. Four hours ago.
1: Oh my God. Mm. <laughs>
3: uh, so damn delicious. Let me get a piece of that peel. That <laughs> How big you want? Like, Just this? like half that's That is good yeah. stuff. Jamie's uh-huh. rolling uh-huh. over
1: here. Mm. It's over here looking at this. Mm. I always forget to bring butter. Mm. He did one time, but. Yeah, but this, I
0: did? Is, this is fucking fantastic without butter. Come on. Mm. Uh. There's something to be said for pleasure, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot.
0: Just like a balance. But, Between like, having too much indulgence and pleasure, and no discipline, and having too much discipline and no pleasure.
1: Right. Exactly. But like you said, you felt so sick after going to Disney.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I ate ice cream.
1: <laughs> I eat, um. What else uh, I eat? I bet your kids are happy when you go off the leash. Oh yeah, they love it. Right. Well, they just love Disney.
0: Yeah, <laughs> dude, the, the new Star Wars ride is off the charts Is it? It's so
1: crazy What's it like?
0: Well, it's 20 minutes long What? Mm-hmm
1: That's awesome Dude That's amazing Because most the, of the time they rip you off with like a three minute ride Dude, this is
0: 20 minutes long From the moment you get there And the scale of it Is an insane there's, there's one time where you get off of this thing And, you know, you get Transported into this area where all these stormtroopers are, and the air—it's a hall. It's enormous, and there's like a hundred stormtroopers standing there. <laughs> and behind them is space. There's these Ooh. huge, you know, four K screens wow. that show space, and you really feel like you are on a starship in space <laughs> that's filled with stormtroopers. It's fucking bananas, man! Wow, that's amazing. The so ride is crazy. So you're flying on a—you're flying on a. Uh well, you get in, you move in, you fl- you go for a, a flight. Like this is See all those wheel marks on the ground? Yeah. Uh, there's no tracks. Oh. Everything is run by computers. The whole thing is run by computers. Right. Bro, it's amazing. I mean, th- it's it's just the most intricate and advanced ride Disneyland has ever done wow. by far. 20 and minutes. Every step of the way, you're like, "I can't even believe that they did this." <laughs> It's cra- I mean it's it's one hundred percent next level. Wow. That's like cool. look at the look at the fucking detail of this place. You go into this and it just it seems like you are in a real spaceship. This probably doesn't even do it justice. Oh no, it doesn't. Why you? Th- my jaw was dropped the entire time. I was like, <laughs>
1: "Wow!" And is it more than just the ride? Is it like a whole section? Well,
0: it's a bunch of different interactive experiences. There's people. There's actors. Right. That are they're you know like the, the like they're stormtrooper folks and rebellion <laughs> whatever what are they, the bad people.
3: Yeah, they've, they they talk to all the people while they're walking around. They ask you like, "Are you here to fuck? Or are you a rebel?" <laughs> They'll mess with little kids and they just oh, like, really? keep it going the whole <laughs> whole time. Yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, you remember the resistance.
1: Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen the new movie. Yeah. not so good. The movies have become Disneyfied. Yeah,
0: you know, and that I don't say right. that in a good way. There, because Disney makes some awesome shit, but there, yeah. it's just
1: commercial, like feeling a lot, of, and it's just fake. Right. No heart. It's no soul for, again. Yeah.
0: Right. It, it seems like it's gone through a corporate diversity filter. When they're making sure that every when we have, have let's have women run this and right. women generals and this and that and.
1: yeah they're hitting all the mm-hmm. right right it's by formula but,
0: it's, but the the movie feels like it's formulaic too I haven't, I haven't right. seen the very latest one but the ones before that it's like they don't feel they don't feel special yeah like I mean I know this is not the best example but Tarantino movies still feel like Tarantino movies. That motherfucker still know how knows how to make a real yeah. movie. Like you get out of his movie, and you're like, whoa.
1: Well, it feels like it's made by him, right? Yes. It doesn't feel like it's made by a company.
0: It's it, it would be impossible to make Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with with uh, a corporate
3: structure, right?
0: With if or without any, him, yeah,
3: right. It would be impossible. Yeah. Did you hear his expe- <clears throat> acceptance speech for the best screenplay? No. He's like, usually you you thank other people at this point, but. Uh-huh. I wrote this by myself, so uh, whatever. <laughs> well, that's why it's so good. <laughs> oh, I've got a good movie for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: this was um I was uh talking with my buddy Steven Soderbergh, who digests not only is a name great director. Drop. Did
0: you just drop a name? I did, hmm. but
1: it, to give credibility to this to this selection. Uh his movie of the year was Give Me Liberty. This small independent film Made in Milwaukee with a lot of, like, regular people. It follows this one guy, young guy, whose job it is to drive um, people with disabilities around in a van through Milwaukee, you know, like through, like, a, a public service. And it follows him through one whole day. It's so good. Wow. It's such a good film. You really got to see it. It's, the, the performances are crazy good. You don't know who's an actor and who's not. It's just so well done. It really makes you feel like it's the total opposite of what you're talking about, like that big committee mm-hmm. kind of a corporate thing. To see something like this, like you could just feel the filmmakers' hearts and souls pouring into the movie.
0: Those movies that are really big, you also have to think of how much money's invested in them, right? Oh, and, huge. And if they go bad. It's a giant financial like
1: and go bad means like not make a billion dollars.
0: Yeah, well, or lose money like Doctor Doolittle.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I think
0: that that movie's probably going to lose money. Oh, really? Which is real dangerous coming from a guy like Robert Downey Jr., who's amazing. Yeah. Who's so incredible in the Avengers and that movie made fucking kajillions of dollars. Yeah. All those movies are amazing, and then he goes and does this kids movie, and it really doesn't do well. Like those are dangerous those yeah. movies are like oh jesus we're on thin ice yeah get back to the shore <laughs> right you
1: know dangerous for who for, the, for
0: actor? the actor yeah for the for the production company for everybody yeah I mean, what if they come to you know the production company a year later and say hey we have a new idea for a movie in the product or, or, or the theater or the studio and the studio is like hey fuck you we lost a right. hundred million dollars on you
3: you fuck right see all the issues with cats Oh yeah. it must
0: that was probably the biggest financial disaster yeah. of the
3: year, right? They pulled it back to like redo it and they're going to re-release it. Yeah. So many people are making fun of it. They're going to do it again? They like yeah, they left <clears throat> the visual effects team only apparently had like 9 months and they like left watches on people that didn't cover <laughs> their hands up. <laughs> all sorts of bad stuff.
1: I saw it with my kids what my daughter's like we have to see was it good
3: though like we, fun to watch
1: as a disaster no okay. because in the beginning like we thought my daughter's like we have to see the worst movie of the decade how do we not go see that and we were the only ones in the theater it was really brutal and at first how it, bad is it it's bad but it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> is it's, it good it, no it's so bad it's not good bad wow <laughs> yeah
0: it's just bad it's like, so bad it's not good bad no
1: like in the beginning you have a laugh and it's like alright I can see why this is going to suck. And then by the end of two hours, you're like, no, I've just been hitting the head with a shovel. It's that bad. <laughs> yeah. It's wow. really bad. Wow. And you're seeing all these people that have been in other things who are just not talking about it. You know, like Jane, uh, um, Judy Dench. and well, it's, it's bad. There was some
0: other movie that came out recently that someone was saying was as bad as The Room. Oh really? You know that movie The Room. See if you can find that M- movie as That was bad as The Room. Yeah, there was a whole article about it saying that this this movie is so bad that
3: it's good that you need to w- I didn't even finish typing it and it kept and it auto-completed. What uh, is it? <laughs> well, it says Now he's showing off his skills. No, it said that it it finished up says The Room is the worst movie ever made yeah. in Hollywood or something but a movie as bad as the Room.
1: What shocked the one that shocked me that everyone was said was so bad was uh, Will Farrell and John C. Riley in that the new one, right? The was it, true? it
3: was a Canadian movie so bad it rivals the Room. Yeah, what is that? It's called Ryan's Babe. It's I don't know, never heard of it. Is that a recent yeah. article? Yeah, it's from four days ago. Yeah, that's All it. right. Yeah, that pe- people are telling me you have to see this. That's from 2000. It was that movie. Oh. Yeah. so oh, it's not okay. a new movie, but someone just discovered the <laughs> trailer online. But yeah. I
1: figure you put Will Ferrell and John C. Riley doing anything, and I'm I'm in right. And Should people be. really rebelled
0: against it. That girl's hot though.
1: This looks pretty She's good. She's in
0: her underwear running around for some
1: reason. Perfect. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah, it's pretty good. This looks really bad. There's <laughs> some rough edits in there.
0: <laughs> so how are they going to redo Cats? Like, I don't know. Are they going to re-edit? re-edit it? No, I think yeah. they already
1: did. I think but, they re-edited it and then...
0: But if they re-edit it, everyone's going to know that it sucked so bad
1: they oh, had to re-edit it. I've never heard of that, ever. Never. Right? <laughs> a movie gets released and they're like, you fucks. I'm like, okay, we'll fix it. We'll I'm, be back in a I'm week. Like... <laughs>
0: How much money has cats lost
3: oh <laughs> well, they, it almost happened with that sonic the movie they just it. didn't put it out they were they like put out a trailer and the internet freaked out and they're like oh okay we'll we'll redo it yeah and they spent a bunch of money redoing it sonic the hedgehog yeah it's really? coming out now it actually looks a little bit better yeah they, they gave him like better teeth or something
0: dude it's hard man making oh. a movie's got to be the most brutal thing ever you know so i've hard. Had guys in here that have poured their heart and soul into a movie for years like yeah. a motherless Brooklyn I Ed know movie.
1: I know I didn't hear uh, was it good I don't know and I love him and I He's love great. the subject matter God he loved that movie and, man. and he, he was really so did and, in and it. he put such heart and soul into the soundtrack yeah and, and I haven't seen it. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> it's either. such a you know. Sometimes, <laughs> a-
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ, Cats headed for a hundred million dollar box office loss. Oh, what the fucking shit!
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! I just keep thinking about them all, like being at craft services and <laughs> backstage. Mm. Like this is pretty great, huh? Like have you seen that some girl? celery sticks? Rebel <laughs> Wilson as a cat. is
0: committed to losing weight. She's lost a ton of weight, and people are mad at her. Are they really? Yeah, they're mad at her
1: because they like her
0: being big. They like her being big because she's big and I'm big and everyone's big and it's okay to be big. And I heard it's healthy to be big. And so, like, people are criticizing her for losing weight. Oh, they're come crisi- on. criticizing Adele as well.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, they
0: said Adele, they, they're angry that Adele lost weight because they love the fact that she was this huge musical superstar oh, and she was obese. And know? So she
1: wanted to take care of her health. She's trying
0: to be healthy. Live a little, know, little like,
1: longer and then... you're You're turning on us. Well, she became a role model for certain people, I guess. And they... <laughs> right? Good. Be a
0: role model for you to get healthy. We can all get healthy. Yeah, just come stay on. Stay away from Tom's bread.
1: Eat only meat. <laughs> just don't eat it all the time. You just yes. don't eat this all the time. Yes.
0: Well, I didn't gain any weight this weekend. Yeah. I didn't gain any weight. I ate all that shit. And then uh, I fasted Sunday night uh-huh. until uh, Monday. I went to yoga Monday morning. Didn't eat um, till right before my first podcast. And uh, I didn't gain any weight at all.
1: That's great. Yeah,
0: but you—it's moderation.
1: Moderation. It's—it's eating like
0: shit over But what was interesting was the pains: back pain, knee pain. What is that? It's inflammation. It's inflammation. Right. your your body does not want to have to process all that stuff, and they think that maybe the root for many people of a lot of causes uh, of pain and discomfort is just inflammation, heavy diet,
1: right Sugar, right?
0: Sugar is the big one.
1: So I if think, you get all of that out of your system, your body can what go to work on the stuff it has to go to work on.
0: Yeah, you get all that shit out of your system and your body doesn't experience inflammation from your food.
1: Right. And if you're
0: eating food that, like, you know, grass-fed beef, you Mm -hmm. know, or in my case, elk, you know, or, yeah, I mean, I'm sure vegetables are not bad for you. I just did it to try to find what, so, I just did it to try to find out what it's like to only eat meat. Right. When you have no carbohydrates, one of the things that's most amazing is that there's no crashing. You would eat and you don't feel any different after you ate other than the fact that you don't feel hungry. Right Like you don't crash Right There's no ups and downs And peaks and valleys My energy levels were amazing
1: Really yeah, How extra quickly energy How quickly Two
0: weeks in Two weeks two in Two weeks in I noticed I felt amazing Really And I was shedding weight I was sh- shedding a lot of weight I think I was like Seven pounds down Two weeks in Jeez Now yeah. I'm Twelve pounds down Twelve-ish Somewhere like that I was 193 this morning I was weighing about 205 Before I started this diet Really Yeah
1: Man oh man I feel a lot better
0: like a lot better. Really? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what would you what would you recommend? Would you recommend people just do that or do you think you I think for people who have
0: an autoimmune disorder there are I do believe there are certain people that have an adverse reaction to some plants some foods that's what an elimination diet is all about it's like trying to find out what are the things that bother you but for me it's like what I did is I just took a lot of multivitamins I took a a bunch of different vitamins and nutrients and supplements Mm -hmm. on top of this carnivore diet so I'm only eating meat but then I'm taking all the essential vitamins and amino acids and I'm also taking fish Oil, so I'm I'm right. covering all my nutritional bases, bases, right? But I'm not doing it with food. I'm not doing it with plants. I'm only eating grass-fed meat, and then uh-huh. I'm or or uh, elk, and then on top of that, I'm I'm taking in fat from like bacon. Like bacon, I needed fat because yeah. elk in particular is very lean. Very lean if I'm yeah. only eating elk, if I eat grass fed beef, I'm fine. But it, with things like elk, you really do need some extra sources of
1: fat. If you fat. don't have fat, would you, would you start to feel bad?
0: Yeah, your body doesn't like it. No. Yeah, your body does not want a low fat diet with low carbohydrates. It's, there's a thing called rabbit starvation. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, no. people got that in Antarctica. I think it was Antarctica, in the cold cold climates where they were uh, shooting rabbits and eating rabbits and they were literally starving to death, even though they were eating all these rabbits because the rabbits mm-hmm. have no fat on them. So they're only eating this lean... Protein, right? But with no fat at all, and you start feeling like shit. Oh. Different explorers have found that too. That yeah, you know when they, you know, were living in places and trying to eat only the the foods that they could harvest off the the land, they're eating animals. Yeah. Like they had to take in fat. If you don't right. take in fat,
1: you feel really bad. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit. So if you could balance it. So would you say maybe eighty percent?
0: This is what I would say. Try it. Just, right. try Just try it a carnivore out. diet. Try it straight out. Right. And I think you'll be amazed at how good you feel. Now, here's the thing. Is that a honeymoon thing? Like, what is it like if you extend that to 90 days or, um, you know, 365 days? Is yeah. that You're going to feel like shit eventually? Right. Is it going to start breaking your body down? Right. I don't know. I, I only have experience in 30 days. But in my experience, in thirty days, it was enormously beneficial.
1: You did say something in your post about a explosive diarrhea.
0: It needs to have a new name. (laughs) Diarrhea is not strong enough for
1: what I was experiencing.
0: For real? Yeah, it was like someone was tapping into uh, like an oil like an oil well. (laughs) Ah, jeez. I have pictures.
1: pictures. So why was that happening?
0: Um, well, I talked to Doctor Sean Baker. He wrote a book on the carnivore diet. He's a physician that's a carnivore diet advocate. He's been eating this way for two years. Two and, years. Yep, and he seems to think that it has to do with the colon adjusting to the fact your body doesn't have any dietary fiber, so you're not taking in any rice or bread or anything that's going to absorb the water. So your right. body's your body's like, what do I do with all this liquid? It's uh, going out the
1: asshole. Ew. Woo. <laughs> How but long did that last?
0: Around two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks of rocket fuel coming out of your booty hole. Ah, jeez. But if you get through it, you get through it. And Tom Segur is going through it right now. He is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he sent me a text the other day saying, this diarrhea is astounding.
3: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, astonishing. That's what he said, astonishing. (laughs) Oh, no. It's not coffee, is it? Because you guys both drink coffee. I'm just asking just a general question. I mean, um you guys I both could. intake a lot? Bro, it just could be right all kinds you. of
0: liquids. Yeah. Whatever uh, kinds of liquids are I coming was, out of your butt, it's not normal.
1: I was really getting excited about trying this. But here's the thing.
0: <laughs> at the end of that, it all goes away. Right. I mean, at the end of two weeks, my body adjusted, and now it's not a problem at all. Really? Yeah, not a problem at all. Now.
1: So what's breakfast?
0: <sighs> steak. Or s- eggs. Sometimes, like, this morning it was uh, steak. Uh-huh. Yesterday morning I ate six eggs.
1: Right. Yeah. Just, just woof those down. Mm-hmm. Lunch?
0: I don't eat lunch. Don't eat I lunch. Just usually eat two meals a day. Right. And then the second meal is usually steak. No steak. Either elk or, or a beef steak.
1: I think I've asked you this before, but when, whenever I think about these diet things, I always picture my family looking at me while they're eating pasta or eating, like, do you feel like an outlier at dinner? with your family or no they knew what i was doing yeah
0: they they'd made fun of me and shit right no big deal oh
1: right. what are you
0: eating steak eat steak again
1: yeah, right my kids are hilarious yeah that's what i always my kids mock me too <laughs> that's good that's healthy yeah
0: yeah um you know they didn't mind yeah you no know, no, nobody bothered my wife didn't care everyone knew i was doing it so right. it, was, it was okay right yeah
1: your wife's not like, come on, have ice cream with us. No. <laughs> no, boy, that would be a problem if she was.
0: Yeah. You know, if it looks so good, like, ice cream looks good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, it was uh, it was an eye-opener. But here's I the would, thing. Yeah. Sorry, here's the thing about that, that, that kind of stuff. You kind of have to commit. Right. Like, if you just say, I'm going to try to eat healthier, it's too loosely defined.
1: I know. I know. I was doing the intermittent fasting and lost good amount of weight and then it just kind of like plateaued and i feel like i'd like to be you know like 10 pounds lighter and it's i'm working out i'm doing all that stuff but i feel like it needs something to shock my system to go to it
0: nothing will shock your system like this carnivore diet yeah including your butthole
1: but (laughs) you will lose
0: a lot of weight i lost i mean i lost a legitimate 12 pounds of fat Wow. just fat my face got thinner Yeah, like when I was washing thinner. my face I would feel actually feels a little fatter now because I went through Disneyland
1: <laughs> some Disney chunks Disney I
0: ate ice cream I ate a lot of dessert and you just um, had bread I actually not really any fatter but yeah, but joking around maybe I'm a little swollen no you look you look leaner well, I was for a- real I, I was, you know, I was getting fat. I was developing a, a gut. Like we did this weigh-in thing and oh, so many people mocked me. <laughs> I was getting a gut though. My my stomach was like hanging out. Was, yeah. And also when we came in here to uh, do that, I had my, fa- it was December 23rd and mm-hmm. my family was in town and we had eaten like pigs that day. Right. So I was, I <laughs> was bloated. Considerably bloated with food as well. Cause <laughs> yeah. it was nighttime. We had a nighttime podcast. It was like 10 o'clock or something like that. Right. It's pretty, pretty late podcast. Yeah. When we all took our clothes off and got on the scale. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I knew I was probably gonna do the carnivore diet anywhere, but that was like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's like, go. Set it in my head. Let's right. just do it. Yeah. So knowing that for the month of January, that was all that I was gonna eat. Yeah. That's that really helps if you're gonna try to stick to something mm-hmm. to have like a real solid schedule like, right. like Sober is October is yeah. a, another perfect example for me Lent yeah when we do Sober October we have one month no booze no pot no nothing Yeah. there's something good about there, that Yeah. Where you have that month
1: because it takes it out all that kind of mushy brain stuff of oh but maybe I'll just yes. just now or yeah. we're celebrating
0: yeah we need a certain amount of rigidity occasionally yeah and that's how you get shit done yeah and uh, I mean even if you're like writing if you said i am going to write every day for the month of february yeah you know every day yeah like there's something to that it's the routine yeah so something really beneficial i'm gonna write for one half an hour every day if you do that yeah you get things done it's really true if you just decide i'm gonna go on a carnivore diet for the next 30 days starting right now yeah and just count down on your calendar 30 days from now you'll fucking lose weight and you'll feel amazing
1: yeah I just do don't it. know if it's a way to eat all the time. No, that's the thing. It's like It seems like an extreme thing that I would not be yeah. willing to maintain.
0: Well, you're the bread master. Well, that's the thing. You're the sultan of sourdough. That's why I
1: want balance. I'm always searching yeah. for the right balance.
0: I think a great move is six days on, one day off. That's what I think. Six, six days, days on a rigid diet uh-huh. and one day where you, you look forward to eating bread and pasta yeah. and drinking whatever you want and you know having ice cream and one day
1: that was the question you hmm. just reminded me of the question no booze during that month? i drank booze you did yes uh, I still okay. lost
0: all that weight uh, really? but i don't i don't drink a lot right I drink like glass a of glass wine. of wine with dinner maybe yeah. two glasses yeah
1: yeah that's all i was A thinking shot
0: about. sometimes before i go on stage right like a shot of whiskey right yeah so it's not a lot right you know if it's more than two drinks a night
1: it's unusual you're cool with whiskey and then going on
0: stage Woo! i like it
1: you do i like it <laughs> You don't feel like it's like you're just used to it. I would feel, uh, whenever I drink before I go on stage, I just feel like a little off. Mm, I feel on. You do? Yeah, I like it.
0: Huh. Even when I film, I do a shot right before I film. Oh, yeah? <laughs> really? <laughs> One shot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Good, good shot of Buffalo Trace whiskey. Right yeah. On the old pipe.
1: And you're Come good to on. go. Come on, son.
0: That's wild liquid. Whiskey's wild liquid. It is you know? wild. It's wild liquid, right? Uh, you want to get wild? That's wild liquid. <laughs> yeah, it's wild fuel.
1: I don't know if I want to
0: be wild. <laughs> <laughs> but we have different styles too, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it also helps me deviate when I'm writing on stage. If I'm fucking around on stage, it helps me deviate. I like go go off a little, on a tangent,
1: a little more courageous.
0: Yeah, maybe, or a little, a little more reckless. Maybe yeah, is a better
1: word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about weed, though? In that same situation, yeah, that same thing. I like yeah. weed for that too. Yeah, that doesn't make you more timid no. on stage. No, no, it makes
0: me more. It makes me nicer. Right. But I don't think it makes me more timid. Right. Yeah. Weed makes me nicer. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about weed. Like I need more things that make me nicer. To make you nicer. <laughs> Yeah, it helps me. When
1: you look at yourself, you think that it's you could be mean sometimes?
0: Not necessarily mean, but I, I am naturally aggressive. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And that makes you a little bit more... I like to... <sighs> yeah, let's yeah, yeah. this fucking ride
0: down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whew, let's realize, like, we only have some a certain amount of time left. Yeah. When, when I get high, I want to call my friends and tell them I love them. Right. You know? That's what I want to do. I know. You know, I want to... I want to want to hug people.
1: Just want to be around them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Want to be nicer.
1: I know it is good, but I have. Yeah, I don't know. I have you performed. Feel? I haven't performed high. And how a about long tonight? Time. What did? When you up? Um, I'm not up tonight. You know, I'll be up on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. What are
0: you doing tonight? Chillaxing. Uh,
1: yeah, chillaxing. My wife. It's kind of uncomfortable because my wife uh, has people over because my special airs tonight. Oh, to
0: watch your special, you have to sit with them. and ugh.
1: No, they're going to do it, and I'm going to. I don't know. Sit out, hide. sit in the yard and put a cigar. Oh, I don't know what to do. Don't be there for I that. I can't. Ew, I can't. Why they're, is
0: she doing that in your house? She's
1: so excited. Oh, that's nice. It is. It's nice. They're all excited. They that's all want to do supportive. it, but I can't watch it. Of course, you can't watch it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, I'll be in the other room listening to if they're really laughing or not, judging Ooh, their laughs. That's terrible. <laughs> Is that hard? That's a
0: bad feeling, man. Yeah. You don't want that in your life.
1: Yeah. But I do feel, especially now, like, that that's all done and I'm moving into new territory, that the weed kind of isn't, can play a good role. Yes, for sure. You know sure. what I mean?
0: How much material do you have set aside for this, for your new stand
1: up? I've only got about 20. That's good, though. When yeah. did you film? october
0: oh so you gave yourself some time that's nice yeah november december january four solid months that's good
1: yeah so i've got like this new direction a new mm-hmm. like area of stuff but yeah. it's you know it shrinks the more mm-hmm. you do it yeah um and the special was going to come out a little later so i thought i had more time but then they moved oh. it up is that uh,
0: exciting though when you're scared Yo, when you're
1: on stage, and, hey, you don't have yeah. your material.
0: You're scared. You got to write new premises, and ah!
1: yeah. It, I was thinking about it the other day. That it you always feel like a young comic because you're always putting yourself back in a vulnerable position. Yeah, doesn't matter how experienced anyone is. Yeah, you go out there, and I'm going to do all this new. You're a child again.
0: You have no weapons.
1: Which is great. It yes. makes you youthful. It makes you like, okay, we're still like a mm-hmm. kid. And <laughs> It's like, no, I've been doing this for 20 years.
0: Yeah, there's a. it's a great aspect of stand-up comedy when you do a lot of specials because it keeps you humble.
1: Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And it keeps
0: you appreciative of the art form. You never get complacent.
1: Well, that's the coolest thing about this era of comedy. And I think that's how... Netflix has changed the game Mm -hmm. by having so many people put out so much content. It's making every, that's seen by a lot of people, it's making everybody get on their game and write more. Yeah. The the era of getting a headliner set and just rolling for 20 years is gone. Right. So it's actually taken the whole art form and pushed it further. It's great. Yeah. It really is.
0: Yeah, it is. It's such a good moment.
1: It's such a good moment. And so many different voices coming in. Yeah. Uh, so, from so many different places, just. Not on, only in the culture, but from around the world.
0: Have you seen Ronnie Chang? Yes, fucking hilarious. He's great, so different. Yeah, exactly. I love it. On stage with a suit, real angry and shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking great. I want to talk to him. Man. He's a cool guy. I, I know gotta him. get him in here. Yeah, Do you know him? Yeah, I know him. I gotta get him in here. All right, I'll I, reach I out. I enjoyed to him. his
1: act. Yeah, I enjoyed it. He's a good guy too.
0: And it was like I didn't. He didn't remind me of anybody.
1: Right. Right. Setups, exactly. delivery,
0: punchlines, premises. All of it seemed like yeah. unique.
1: No, it's mean,
0: recognizable and relatable, but unique.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. No, he's, I mean, that's what's so cool. This is like the yeah. whole globe is opened mm-hmm. up. It's like all these voices from all those different it's stuff. Fucking it's, it's a great time to cool, be alive. It really is. It is. It is.
0: And this art form, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I, I really think I'm, I'm going to do something about this. I want to document how everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is the only art form that is a global worldwide art form that's I- I enjoyed by everybody, yeah that's not really documented, yeah right, like musicians it's documented how they write songs it's documented right. how you learn to play music, you can go to school for it you know yeah. you can you could take classes online when you're a comic man, you gotta kind of figure it out on your own, yeah. And I, I think we would all benefit from some sort of documentation, and particularly for the people coming up, the girls and guys coming up that are learning how to do stand-up now would benefit tremendously from like a guy like you breaking down how you do it, how you started, what's different now. Right. So I'm thinking about doing a series. Oh, yeah? And I'll, Yeah, and I'm probably going to put it on YouTube. Oh, like Like cool. a podcast and do it like a podcast, but call it... Like the comedy creation
1: series, ah, uh, I'd love to be a yeah, part of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to get want to get everybody like it would be as cool. many people as I can. Like, tell me how you started. How old? When when did you start? Yeah. What year? What yeah. Was, was your first club? And just break down how you do it.
1: Yeah, that's a great thing because it's so varied. Yes. You know, from doing the show with Fortune.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we shout see, out to Fortune Femster. Yeah, to the great Fortune. She's show. hilarious. Yeah, her special is up right now. Is it on yeah. what? Sweet and salty. Uh, Netflix. Netflix as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's so great. And uh, we're interviewing all these comedians. We had uh, Jesus Trejo came in I love him. Love him. And he's such a unique story. So different. Yeah. You know, his parents coming from Mexico, he's got to care for them. He goes down to Mexico where there's like this new scene coming up of Spanish speaking comedians. Mm -hmm. I mean, that story, you put that one and then you talk to, you know, Ryan Hamilton, two totally different planets. Yep. All in the same form. Yep. It would be great to watch.
0: Fuck yeah. It would be amazing. That yeah, it
1: would be really good.
0: The, the world needs to know how these fucking people do these things. Yeah. Because it's like, if, if you don't know anybody that can sit down and talk to you about how they do it, you, yeah. you, it takes too long to figure it out.
1: No, completely. Completely.
0: Like, if you're in Pittsburgh... I don't know what kind of scene Pittsburgh has. Right, I'm sure it's got some kind of a scene, but how many people really? Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, and can you really? And how learn?
1: many really good ones are still there? Yeah, that you can really learn right. from.
0: How do you how do you find out? Yeah, you
1: know. No, I know that's a good thing. I mean, when Seinfeld put out the uh, documentary, like people still listen to watch comedian, like young comics. Oh yeah. Because there's very few roadmaps out there. Mm-hmm. There's very few glimpses into how someone is doing it and how they're working you know there's been other stuff where people will show themselves on stage and they're just backstage you know drinking or just going about their day like a road dock kind of a thing Mm -hmm. but very few about process yeah very few
0: yeah process and you know how much you've adjusted yeah. What what do you do differently now? What do you think about your old stuff? What would you do differently yeah. if you could start over again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's um uh, we do a it's a weird art form in that it really it doesn't have a class you can take.
1: Nope. Well, they have classes. They don't really.
0: <laughs> you know what those classes are good for? Getting you on stage. They're good for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, very few classes are taught by legit comics. Right. Right. I mean, maybe there's some of them out there that I'm not aware of. Yeah. But every class that I've ever seen has been taught by scrubs. Right. <laughs> you know, they're probably yeah. going to give you bad advice. Rick
1: Chrome does one in, in New York. Remember Rick Chrome from The Cellar? No, I don't. He's great. He's like, he's oh, been around awesome. a long time. And that's val- very valuable. He's, he's like a real, you know, a real thoughtful practitioner of it all. Mm. You know what I mean? And I've seen him, just glimpses of him, like when he'd be teaching downstairs at The Cellar. And it was like, okay, this is legit. But then you see some names of other people who are out there doing it, and you're like, oh man. I
0: would you're... imagine it's good for you too to teach, because like you can kind of like think about the art form more.
1: That would be really interesting. I don't know if I could teach it. Could you? Could you? Le- I don't know. Take if you... some young. You'd have to be really careful because yeah. you don't
0: want to mold someone into your style.
1: That would be the fr- that'd be the temptation. Yeah, <laughs> just do yeah. it like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Just tell him, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm an observational comedian. I don't...
1: Not anymore, you're not. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but yeah. other things when you learn how to teach, it's better. Like, I got way better at Taekwondo when I was learning how to teach. Because uh-huh. so I was teaching through most of my competition days. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why I think I got so good. Because I was breaking down the technique. Yeah. Constantly, I wasn't just doing it. I was breaking it down for beginners and showing right. them. So I made sure that my, you know, my technique is very good. It's like mm-hmm. in my martial arts, you know, career. One of the things that I'm known for is that I do everything. I do it correctly. Right. And it's very crisp. My technique is like I always. I've prided myself. I is that a word? Yeah. Prided sounds weird. Yeah. I would pride, yeah, myself, pride on myself on having excellent technique it wasn't just that it was powerful it looked sharp it was correct
1: yeah yeah. and
0: jujitsu is the same way too guys get way better at jujitsu i've never taught jujitsu but guys get way better when they start teaching it right
1: another cool part about this era is that people are staying comedians yeah longer yeah right where people would do comedy they get blown out to a tv show or something because economically just to stay a comedian wasn't really feasible But now you can actually make a living, and it's actually a more valued thing in the culture. Like this is the first wave of guys staying in it for their whole career and not wanting to get out. Yeah, there's. They're not looking at it as a way to get out of it.
0: Someone was just asking about that. Like, what was the last person that you know that had a special around the year 2000 that's out of the game now? Right. Like completely quit comedy. Right. Who completely quits comedy? Yeah. Not anymore. It's just too easy. You know, just think about those, you know, afternoon diner trips and going to the movies. And you're like, oh, all that goes away if I got a job job? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the only way you would do it is if you're not making enough money. So then you would have to get a job job.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, you know, even Eddie Murphy, he's seeing what's... What it's become? Yeah, he's got to be regretting it at some point. Of like, why did I leave? Why did I stop doing it?
0: Maybe, but I mean, he made a lot of fucking great movies, and he, he did, also grew for real. A, I but think he grew as a human being, you know.
1: A hundred look, no regrets. He's still you could still see just when he was just hosting. The, yeah, it just pops out of him. It's just such a he's a volcano of yeah. comedy. If he had kept cracking at it all this time, though, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Even like a little bit. Would have been it would have been good for me. <laughs> it, yeah. would have, it would have been good for me to watch.
0: It would be but would have been, but it will be great to see what he does now because he's kinda of committed to it. He's mm-hmm. committed to us I think he signed a deal with Netflix for two specials. Oh, for two? I believe so. Wow. I believe that's what I read. Let's see if that's correct. Yeah, that One handed be- typer genius. <laughs>
1: I think that would be um, cool.
0: I think they gave him a shh. Shit, ton of money.
1: I could only imagine
0: dolomite. I haven't seen it. Heard it's awesome. So
1: good. Is it? So good. Got
0: a huge uh, response from people.
1: How he's not nominated is a is you know. Fuck the nominees. I know their nomination. I know, but still, he really should have been. God, Ricky
0: Gervais should host every award show from now to the end of time. I
1: know. Just to let all those twats
0: know, (laughs) we're on to you. We're on to you. Climate change is real. (laughs) Fuck off. Get out of here with your golden man statue. Sit down. Taking a private uh, jet everywhere.
1: Fuck off. He was so good. He was what I mean one of the best performances I saw this year for sure. Dolomite. Dolomite. Yeah, oh. I need to see it. I haven't seen you it. You do. He's brilliant. He's brilliant, and it's comedy. It's so good.
0: Jamie says just one, one special, one special. Yeah. Okay. I'm, they're going to give him a shit ton of loot, and I hope he, uh, I hope he works it out. Could
3: be a movie or also something because they did Dolomite, so. Mm-hmm. My, maybe oh, like right. a movie and, and, oh, and, and a, a special. special. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah,
0: it's gonna be work, you know. Unless he hires a bunch of writers to craft the bits, and then that won't be right anyway. You know, you really need the work. You need you need to be on those stages.
1: Yeah, Ellen did it. How uh, was it? It was good. Was it good? I yeah. didn't hear anything about it. It didn't look like she was had taken off for decades <laughs> certainly didn't well she does her show all the time so she does do that monologue she does but you know stand up stand up mm-hmm. you know and it
0: don't you think the monologue is like stand up light though Mm-hmm. yeah like jay leno yeah right? right He was always doing those monologues but then he would do stand up on sunday nights and then he'd do corporate
1: gigs yeah. yeah yeah right exactly
0: but he wasn't banging out in the clubs every day like us no
1: He's still going now, though.
0: I talked to Bill Maher, had him in here. Yeah. And he was repulsed by the idea of going to the clubs. It's <laughs> like, oh, why would I do that? Like, literally. i was like, you don't want to go to the clubs? Was yeah, like, why not? No way. I'm done. I escaped. I'm out. Yeah. I'm like, but it's the greatest way. Like, it's you, you hang out with comics. You get to yeah. do stand-up.
1: Yeah. he I just. It just seems like uh, low rent.
0: I don't know, man. I mean, sometimes people have their own audience, and that's all they want. Right. They don't want to... They don't want to go, like a show at the store, yeah. like tonight I'll go up at the store and there'll be 14 other people on the lineup. Right. And there's people there to see every one of those people.
1: Yeah, right. You know,
0: So they're not, they're just there to see you, they're there to see comedy.
1: That's what's great.
0: Yeah. I they might it makes, not be into you at all. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. like going to the gym. No one yeah. wants to really go to the gym. It's hard at the gym. Exactly, but then you start right. to love at the gym.
0: It seems like, you know, I talked to Burr about this and he's in agreement. He believes that you have to do it. He's like, that's the only way. The only yeah. way you got to go to the, you got to go to the clubs. I'm like, I think so too. Yeah. He goes, nobody else that doesn't go to the clubs really kills.
1: Right. Yeah. You can get through it. Yeah. You can do a monologue. You can yeah. recite a monologue. Yeah. But you're missing all of that high impact
0: mm-hmm. stuff in between. and You also run the risk of being funny because people love you. The yeah. people that love you, that come to see you, they're your crowd. Right. you, know, you run that risk.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe you
0: can pull it through. Brian Regan may be a different. He may might be uh, an exception to that rule because I don't think he goes yeah. to clubs
1: and he still murders. He does. But he's out there performing all, all the, time. the time. All Non-stop. the time. Nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah. And he treats, you know, he's in a, in a good position where he's beloved, where he can treat a set in front of 3,000 people. He'll kill but also be able to work his stuff out yeah. within that set.
0: Yeah, he'll work out new stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's a unique guy, right? Because he's mm-hmm. super popular with his crowd. Yeah. But he doesn't he, he doesn't have a problem but being famous. He can go anywhere.
1: Oh yeah. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. There's there's people outside of the comedy loving world that don't know who he is. No. Which is astounding. To all of us, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's how fragmented the culture is. Like, we were talking about if you're just watching one news or watching one mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like where everyone's in their own little bubble. You know, there's – you know, Joe Coy is selling out, you know, the forum. Yeah. And my parents will have no idea who he is.
0: Multiple and, shows, I think, too. <laughs> I think he did two shows at the forum.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're such a big, massive, entertainment-eating colossus that – People can be huge and be invisible at the same time. Like
0: Sebastian. Yeah. Sebastian sells out four shows at Madison Square Garden. Sometimes I have to explain who he is to people. Right.
1: Like, how do you not know him? Isn't it
0: weird? But meanwhile, he can go places. Yeah. It's really a beautiful balance. Yeah. He can go to the mall. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Taylor Swift can't do that.
0: I was watching a documentary. Actually, I should say my kids were watching. A Taylor I watched Swift it last night with my daughter. Dude, this is a, a beginning of it when she walks on stage in the stadium, and you see all the fucking people with their lighters yeah. on and everything. Like, wow. I guess it's not lighters; it's the light from their cell phones on right? their
1: phones or something. But yeah, but I know bonkers. the shot you're talking about. It's, it's crazy. Bonkers. But what was so cool about it was watching her as a 13 year old learning to write songs. Yeah, she's just. She works. She does. She works. that's got to be an incredibly bizarre
0: place to be.
1: Her existence. Yeah. Her life.
0: Yeah, her yeah. life. Because she's young. I know. How old is she now? 29 that's in that crazy. documentary. So she's been hugely famous for how many years now?
1: Um, 16, I think, is when she came
0: on the scene. Yeah. 13 years. And those are like
1: very formative years. I know. She seems like she handles it pretty well. I mean, that's what, from the documentary, it was, I was really impressed, like, how good of a songwriter she was, like, watching her come up with stuff. She's obviously so practiced and knows what she wants to do, and just the way she was coming up with stuff as she was on the fly. Maybe
0: that's the key. Yes. Maybe the key is you have to, like, really be obsessed with your work and doing what you want to do a hundred percent like prints
1: that hundred yeah. percent there's they are making the stuff they're not yeah. put in things they're not you know they're they're actually have a craft that they can right go to work on like she's so, a well, writer all that noise totally a, yeah. a really good yeah. writer yeah and all that noise you know she was obviously just even from the glimpse that they showed us in the documentary. Dealing with weight and the the fame and the Wait. Kanye stuff and yeah Wait. She, yeah she had you know she would see pictures of herself and stop eating and what yeah really
0: is that in the documentary yeah yeah I didn't I only watched it for like two minutes yeah no, I walked it's... in my kids were watching I'm like I gotta get out of here before I get infected
1: no it was pretty good hey. I, I, I I liked it I think so. I, I'm sure I was impressed by her I really was that's a bummer though that she's think- she's always been so skinny well everyone's got stuff they got to deal with but the thing mm. that like you said like it's a p- weird place to be but. That she can go and write songs and go and perform them that mm-hmm. seems like that's she's got something tangible right meaningful right that will get her through that right It's not like tumble. a pop
0: star where a corporation puts together your look and your songs and your thing and yeah. your this and your that she's doing it all herself, yeah,
1: you're mm. not just the guitarist, someone else is writing the songs and doing all this stuff, and you're just Doing drugs and, yeah. <laughs> and shredding once in a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's important to have something that you do. Yeah. It can think... be something small and stupid, but it really gives you life meaning. And if, without it, it's, it doesn't have to be this big performance stuff or stuff that gets you a lot of money. Right. Like a little hobby, a little craft, a little yeah. something you can go to sleep thinking about. Yeah. It's, it's a, I don't know why, but it's an important part about being a human being.
0: Well, it gives you, that's, I think you nailed it. It gives you meaning. Like you're, you're working towards something. You're yeah. working at
1: something. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it shuts the noise out mm-hmm. as you're thinking about this thing that you're actually getting better at.
0: Yeah. And then you get this satisfaction seeing the progress. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, she's, you know, as big as they get. But then she can crank out these songs, and you could t- see like this calm come over her as she's doing that part. Yeah, of
0: it.
1: yeah, it was pretty cool to watch. Tom Pop, cool. a Taylor Swift fan. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I was definitely watching my daughter, who's a pretty skeptical kid, you know, at seventeen, and to watch her like admiration for her as a as a a woman getting it done mm-hmm. was that that part. You know, she definitely. Gain more points for that.
0: That's cool. I wonder what happens with someone like that. Like, where do they go as they get older? Where do they go as they? I mean, you're 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 growing up mm-hmm. and living your entire life in this superstar position. Very strange superstar position.
1: Yeah. Well, I, it, it probably, you know, the the white hotness of it probably fades to some degree. But if you're an artist like that, you keep creating. You know, like Bonnie Raitt was just at the Grammys. Right? You know, and she had mm. their moments of being huge, and then you just become like a working musician in a way. Yeah. You know? hmm.
0: Yeah. Now that's a good way to do it, right? Yeah. Just sort of be appreciated by your fans, keep going out yeah. there, and just keep doing it.
1: And they take them along with you and yeah. see if they stick around. And you're 90 years old playing a nursing home, but there's still 20 people in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool, it's a pretty good thing.
0: Yeah, like look at Willie Nelson. Yeah. Still out there banging it out.
1: Yeah, you know? amazing. Stop smoking weed. He did? Stop smoking weed. No. Lung problems. Really?
0: Yep. No, he's down to edibles.
1: Ah, uh, Willie's still getting high though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he was fucking up his lungs, I guess, which is hilarious because he's like 90. Like, he must have been smoking a lot. I wonder if he smoked cigarettes as well. Did he smoke cigarettes as well?
3: Yeah. I not about that, but I heard a story of him smoking like... Gar- uh, garbage cans full of weed in hawaii <laughs>
1: <laughs> garbage just, cans? Had, just had
3: them around. <laughs> oh
1: my god
0: who, who does it was that country music star that has that song i'll never smoke weed with willie again oh really yeah uh that fucking guy travis god trip what's his name
1: famous guy <laughs> i'll never smoke What's Toby Keith, Toby that's right. Toby Keith, right. Uh, because yeah. right. he got so messed yeah. up.
0: Yeah, it's like he's got a song, I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. <laughs> <laughs> he just puts you in the grave, son. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: He's <laughs> just yeah. cranking it out. And that was, his thing was to be nicer. Yeah. He was, He Willie Nelson has always talked about his mean streak and his mm-hmm. whiskey streak. And, yeah. and the weed was the thing that really made him a kinder yeah. person.
0: That's what it does. Yeah. The best aspect of marijuana is it makes you more kind and more th- it makes you think about community and friendship and just yeah forgiving people too it's right exactly relaxing just letting go of all the bullshit yeah that's what the world needs a lot more forgiveness especially hundred we, percent we could use we could all use use just A little more understanding.
1: Yeah, where are you going to learn if you don't make mistakes? Exactly. Screw up, and then you correct it, and you become a better person.
3: The lyrics to this song should be rewritten by somebody about Joey Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) They are pretty good.
0: I always heard that his herb was top shelf. Lord, I could not wait to find out for myself. Well, don't knock it till you tried it. And I've I've tried it, my friend. I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. (laughs) Now we learned a hard lesson in a small Texas town. He fired up a fat boy and passed it around. The last words I spoke before they tucked me in, may I discount bungee jump, but I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. (laughs) I may discount bungee jump. I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. My party's all over before it begins. You can pour me some old whiskey river, my friend, but I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Smoking weed with Joey Diaz a little is little
0: It's the edibles that'll get wow. you.
1: The edibles? Yeah. Joey's edibles? Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, he'll dose you. <laughs>
0: he'll he take a 500 milligram edible <laughs> and he'll take the wrapper off and put a 20 milligram edible yeah. label on it.
1: <laughs> hey, what have you yeah. heard about microdosing?
0: A lot. Yeah? Yeah. Is acid or o- mushrooms? Acid. A lot of people do it.
1: I know. Yeah, it's, it's becoming it's, a thing, right? It seems
0: to help them you sort of like... Uh, Stay focused and centered, and calm, and keep the chatter down. Negative self chatter, all that kind of stuff. Is there
1: anything bad to it?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've microdosed a drug, it a couple of times. Yeah, but I've never, uh, I've never done it on a regular basis like a lot of these people do. But I know a lot of people are doing it with psilocybin, and a lot of them do it. They take it. Like, once every couple days. They don't even do it every day. They take it every few days. Uh They they find it remarkably beneficial. Ron White is into microdosing. Oh, yeah. Psilocybin. Yeah. Really? Loves
1: Loves it. And it's not like you're really tripping.
0: No. No, you... It's barely perceptible. Really? Yeah. Barely perceptible. But it just gives you a nice feeling. You know, it's like, there's something about it that's nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then people feel like that that... It just... Uh, Eliminates some of the anxiety and the, the shit that goes on in your head that can you could be battling with. Mm-hmm. It calms those voices down. For different people, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, for everyone, everyone has yeah. a different reaction for... to that. Yeah, Tom Papa, we got to wrap this bitch
1: up. Where are we gonna go? It's it's three o'clock. So what? we did it. We just did it three hours. Come on, let's go for five.
0: Uh, I really
1: can't have things to do someday I will
0: alright we'll we'll, we'll plan it out in advance next time
1: I'll come back after my explosive diarrhea you gonna do that when are you gonna start tomorrow you gonna start with the diet tomorrow I think so eat
0: this loaf of bread and then go right in (laughs)
1: that's exactly it that's all I I was thinking well I do have another loaf at home
0: Uh, your Netflix special is out right now it is called you're doing great you're doing great you're doing great yep Uh, Tom Papa on Instagram Tom Papa on Twitter yep
1: Go to the, um, go to YouTube and look up uh, "Getting Baked with Tom Papa." Yeah, Getting baked with Tom <laughs> Papa, the new series. Always and a pleasure. then the new book. I'll see you before that comes yes. out.
0: Yes, yeah. When is that going to come out? May, May. Come here before May.
1: All right, for All sure. Right. Tom Papa, ladies you're and the gentlemen, best.
0: you're the best. Love you, buddy. Bye.
1: Awesome.